0: Welcome to episode twelve of the Board Game Battles podcast. I'm your host Randall, and with me are my co-hosts Jeff and Drew. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Come on, you got to say hi. Um, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for tuning back in. Um, so this week it's uh, it's been a little while since we last recorded. So this time we're uh, going to be discussing two games that are political in nature. Both of them are area influence games, uh, one set in the Renaissance and the other one set in 1850s New York. We're going to be discussing Rialto versus Tammany Hall. And then afterwards, we'll go on to a little bit of an Imperial Assault segment. We'll be discussing uh, the last preview that came up and the new map that's currently entered into rotation and a little bit about our campaign that we're playing.
1: You've totally given up on your on your regular introduction.
0: Yeah, well, it's we're twelve we're twelve episodes in. We can start <laughs> preforming it a little bit. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's getting boring. You know, just saying the same oh, thing over wow. and over again. Yeah, we gotta we gotta spice it up a little. Way to sell our podcast. <laughs> it's been boring. It's boring it's, <laughs> for me. For me to say the same thing every time. So I want to jostle right. things up a little. Jostle away. Jostling away. Jostle okay, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the first game we're going to be discussing will be uh, Tammany Hall. Uh, that was the earlier one, released in originally released in two thousand and seven. Uh, we we played the uh, third edition that was through uh, Kickstarter, and I know there's a fourth edition now, um, from what I can tell. Mainly, it's you know uh, with whatever desi- um, distributor that's doing it now. The box is a standard square box, whereas the one I have is the little bit thinner um, bookshelf uh, style box. Um, but so the one we, I'm not sure what year this, I think it was 2013 for this particular edition that came out, 2012, 2013, one of the two. Um, so the designer is Doug Eckhart and, uh, he hasn't, he doesn't have anything to his name too much. He has a couple games that he, I, from when you look at it on, on board game geek, it looks like he, uh, has a couple games that he was designing and, and did like a limited, um, and not necessarily a production, but maybe a, a play test run of. Um, But I haven't seen anything official ever come out of him for either of them. And then he released Tammany Hall. And then I haven't seen anything since. So I don't know uh, what the story is there. I haven't done any research into Doug. But uh, the uh, artist for this one was Peter Dennis and Brian Fisher. Mechanisms, area control and area influence, auction bidding, and variable player powers and scores a uh, 7.3 out of 2.5 thousand uh ratings on working peak uh rule book um i double checked the latest download and it doesn't look too much different from the one i have from this this edition it's a pretty um sparse rule book it has uh it has a little bit of pictures in there it shows you some components a lot of white space and a lot of text um so it's not the prettiest uh rule book i've ever seen but it gets the job done it uh it it, it Describes the game the game fairly well, and it's a, actually not a very complex game uh, once you get into it. I got a kitty meowing away here, of course, just as we start recording. You gonna keep that up. Components um, the components are excellent. Um, really nice board. Um, one of those uh, you know six part boards, whatever. It just sort of folds out a few times, and it's a it's a good size board, but not not, not being too big. Um, you know, a lot of wood components with it. It um, has a bunch of discs, which represent various populations that you'll be um, playing with on the board. And they also give you a, a sheet of stickers that if you want to stick them on the uh, the discs that have uh, flags that represent the different nationalities um, that you can also use. Um, I haven't gotten around to sticking those on there. Um, I don't know if they're, you know, I guess it's more aesthetics if you're really into that. You have, have
1: you seen the,
0: the new edition? I haven't seen the new edition. Um, I was
1: wondering if the if the components are are much different, different. now that they're being mass produced rather than the yeah. Kickstarter version. Um,
0: I haven't. Yeah, no, I haven't seen too much. Uh, I was looking at the game on Board Game Geek, and I didn't really notice anything that looked too out of place from from what my edition looks like. So I don't think it's going to be a, a huge difference. Um, but I could take a quick peek here and take a, and a see here. It all depends on when these pictures were taken too, yeah. and, and added in. Like 2013, that um, this one picture looks exactly like mine, and that's probably the same edition. Uh, looking a little bit further, yeah, everything looks, yeah, looks fairly the same. Seem. But I don't know if there's anything recent because I don't know if people are updating the pictures too often. Like you know, it's the same game essentially. So unless there's anything really jarring, I'm sure we would have seen the picture right away. Uh, but the components are excellent. So you know, nice little you know bunch of wooden cubes that represent the different populations. There's um, uh, four different uh, nationalities that are represented on the board: uh, Germans, the Irish, English, and um, what's the last one? German, Irish, English, Italians. Italians. That's right. Yeah. Um, so there's a uh, four different colors for each population. Uh, both in cubes and in uh, chips or little discs. Uh, then you have, everybody has their player color, which you have a bunch of what are called ward bosses, which are meeples that you'll be using on the board. Uh, a few other little um, wood components for different markers. There's a year marker, um, and there's also some black discs which are called slander chips. And uh, a couple um, silver markers that are used by one of the particular roles. There's um, five different, yeah, five different roles that are available in this game, um, which actually don't come into play right away. Though there's, um, I don't know, discuss that as we go through. But all of its uh, just little standard wood components with a really nice board. Um, you know, it's, it's still, even though it's a, not a fancy rule book, it's a nicely produced rule book and a beautiful box. I will say that. It's just a gorgeous, this third edition one. And uh, I know they use the same picturing for the uh, the newest edition as well, but uh, so it's just a gorgeous picture on it. I really, uh, I really do like it. It's a beautiful game to have out, um, and I'll say that about Rialto too. When we get to Rialto, it has a really nice box too. So both games, um, pretty good production value.
1: Well, the difference in uh, the Tammany Hall and the Rialto box is the Tammany Hall was a linen finish though, which true. I no, mean, oh, yeah, it's, it's a
0: because you could tell it was a Kickstarter high quality. that. Um, <laughs> Met its stretch goals, and and some of those stretch goals were to increase the quality, and it yeah. shows. Yeah, it like does. it's it's a thick box, really, really good quality. It's not going to fall apart on you like some boxes. Whereas the Realto box, it's a nice um, art um, graphic design, but yeah, it's a standard kind of box, and you could tell that if you mishandled it, eventually it could fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, excellent components. Uh, rules: uh, the way this game works is. Uh, it's, a, it's you're, you're all politicians who are vying for um, political favour in, in these suburbs. And there's like three different zones. And within each zone, there's about uh, six or so wards. And what you're doing is you're trying to um, curry political favour with the different nationalities in each ward to gain control of each ward. And then there's a total of 16 years. And after every four years, there's an election. And you go through during election, determine who has the most control over over each ward, and in the end, whoever has the most control across all three zones is uh, the mayor. Will get the mayor title, and then whoever becomes the mayor will distribute the other four um, titles that are available um, to whoever to the other players around the board. And each uh, that's where the variable player powers come in. So they don't even enter play until the fourth year. After the fourth year. And once they do, um, you'll have the mayor, you'll have a deputy mayor, a chief of police, a council president, and the pre- precinct chairman. Um, so how the game plays out is during the very beginnings when you're doing a setup, there's a little guide on the side of the board. It shows, depending on the number of players, how many um, and what type of nationalities will be distributed along, around each zone around the board in a five player game which we were playing um every uh ward will have um a cube on it to begin with so it'll have one cube of one particular nationality and it's a rat um, you'll have a certain you know, it'll tell you like how many uh cubes for each zone and what colors to start out with and you randomly distribute those around the board the board um then everybody will start with uh else do we start with? I think we all start with a little bit... Do we start with any kind of... No, we don't start with any nope. kind of... Uh, yeah, we don't start with any kind of political favor chips.
2: Just the slander.
0: Just the slander. Everyone starts with three slander, and that's got to last you the whole game. Um, so what? how you take a churn is um, starting with whoever you determine to be the start player for the very beginning. Uh, you go around. Uh, there's a thing, an area on the board called the castle Garden, and in there you'll put random... Uh, at the beginning of each turn, if uh, if the castle garden's empty, you fill it up with uh, so many um, nationality cubes based on the number of players. And then during a player's turn, they will um, there's a few different things they can do. If they have an t- office title, which again doesn't start until year five for most people uh, for, for for any of these games, um, you would take advantage of your office title. After that, you place pieces on the board, and that's where your, uh, you have t- your ward bosses. You can either, during your turn, place two ward bosses on two different uh, wards. It could be anywhere on the board that's, uh, that's in use. You, uh, or you can place one ward boss and then take one of the nationality cubes out of the, uh, the garden area and place it on the board somewhere. And when, if you do that option, you also take a political favor chip of the appropriate color of what you just placed for the uh, nationality. And that's how you gain political favor chips. And these will be used during elections. So you hold on to those until every four years, and that's when you'll start using them. Um, after uh, placing your ward bosses, you uh, potentially can slander. Again, that doesn't start until you're five. So the very first four years is no slandering. And then after you slander, um, after everybody's gone around the board and done each of those um, three things or four things, you do an end-of-year turn, and that's where you have elections. So depending on where you have your ward bosses, you're vying for that particular ward. And you'll bid as many um, uh, chips. What are they called again? Influence. Influence chips. You'll bid as many influence chips... um, That you like, as long as there are appropriate nationalities being represented in that ward that you're vying for control over. Um, So your political influence chips are open knowledge. Everyone knows what you have and how many of each colour. But when you're doing the bidding, you don't have to show until everyone's ready to show of how much you're bidding towards that zone. Uh, Everyone reveals who's in that zone and who's trying to get control of it. If you're in a zone by yourself, then you automatically gain control. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, But whoever wins that um, ward... Uh, we'll leave at least one of their ward bosses in there, and all other ward bosses leave of yours and of your opponents. And you go on from w- ward to ward doing this. Uh, there's four wards. Those was the very be- like the very first wards that have also special uh, rewards you can get if you win those wards, uh, which will be there's a couple that get you um, nationality cubes that you can put out on the, out on the board, and there's a couple that can get you um, political favor chips of any color that you want if you win those wards. And you can use those right away for um, upcoming uh, ward contests during that same turn. So it's a little bit of an advantage to get those lower numbered wards early on. Uh, Once you go all around the board and and determine who wins each ward, you then see who has the most control over the whole board. So you see however many of your ward bosses are out there and whoever has the most control will become mayor. Uh, You then also go around and Add up all the different populations and see who controls the most of any particular population. And on the side of the board is a little area to keep track of it. And so for for each one, you'll put one of your ward bosses on that side, just to show that you have the majority in that in that population and in, in influence. And if you have a majority of any population, you'll get three um, influence chips for that population. Um, you go through sixteen years um, after the like after the very first election. That's when the uh, the titles come in. Uh, the mayor um, doesn't really have much of a, a bonus. Well, it doesn't have an ability. What it has is whoever is the mayor is the first player. And um, at the beginning of each um uh four-year cycle, if you're the mayor, you'll get three points right away. So you get three points and that's it, and then you dole out the other uh offices. Uh, if you're the deputy mayor during each of your turns, you get to take a political favor chip of any color from the supply and add it to yourself. If you're a chief of police, you get to remove one of the immigrant cubes from any ward and return it to the bag. There's a bag you're pulling all these cubes out of. Um, but you can never le- take the last cube off of a ward, so there always has to be at least one cube on a ward. Um, if you're a council president, you can choose a lockup award. Meaning that no one can do anything with that ward until after the next election. So, you know, if you already control a ward and you want to, that's a particular ward you want to stay in control of, you can you can do um, put one of your lockup cubes on it, and um, nothing can be done with that ward until until the end. Um, And you only get two of those that you can use throughout the four years that you're in that particular position. And then there's the last one is the precinct chairman. Um, you can take one immigrant cube from a ward and move it to a different ward and again you can 't remove the last cube out of a ward so it always has to be that one there um, the slander chips so after um, uh, before the end of each year or during your churn for um, each year, one of the things you can do is slander you get three um, of these tokens total and you can only ever use one during a four year period so when you um, after the you know, once you enter year five, that's when you can start using them. What happens is, during your turn, after you've used your office benefit, and after you've placed pieces on the board, you can then slander. And you'll play one of your chips. And you can remove an opponent's ward boss out of a ward that you are also in. So um, if there's one or more uh, of your opponents in a ward, you can take one of their uh, ward bosses off. You can take uh, one of your opponent's ward bosses out of the ward, and uh and remove it' you know, give it back to the the player and then, if there's an adjacent ward to that one that o- you also have a a ward boss in and also has an opponent in it, you can do it a second time for free, so you can use, do it once for, for the for the chip and a second time for free as long as it's all adjacent um, the, the only reason you might not want to do it is that these um chips, if you don't use them at all are worth a point at the end of the game. So it's a potential three points at the end of the game if you don't use any, but it can be pretty, uh, pretty game changing or not changing, but it can be pretty important to use them at certain times in the game. So the chances of you having it at the end game are pretty slim. Uh, but once you've gone through, um, you know, four elections, uh, so sixteen years, um, you do the final uh, totals, and then you also have a few. Uh, end-of-game uh, scoring to do. And the end-of-game scoring is... Let's see. Each player scores a victory point for each ward they win. Well, that's, that's the, n- the normal one. The end-of-game one is um, you score additional victory points. The player who has the most political chips in a particular color scores two victory points. Uh, and if there's a tie, then all the tied players score two victory points. Uh, and in this game... If there's ever a tie, everybody gets rewarded. So it's even if you're tied for the most population um, during an election, everybody will get the, uh, the uh, three favor tokens at that time. But in the end of the game, whoever has the most gets two victory points. Um, each unused slander chip is worth one victory point. And then that's basically it. The, uh, the player with the most victory points is the winner. Um, and then there's a bunch of tiebreakers that you can go through. Um, if you happen to have a tie, uh, so yeah, that's essentially the game. so it's it's really a fairly basic game. there's not a not a lot to it. like I said, the, the rule book, even though there's you know it's not a huge rule book it, and it's mostly text, it's not an overly complex rule book. It's not an overly complex game. It's just pre- pretty much just um, moving cubes around on the board, adding cubes to the board, and just trying to gain control.
1: Yeah, it's nice that the uh, the board actually has printed on it the turn order. Yeah, pretty much so, all the rules that all, you need all
0: the to rules? know yeah. are printed on the board. And it's not in a way that makes it look um, cluttered, really. it um, It's
2: uh, it's fairly clean, uh-huh. and it, it looks quite nice. Well, I remember the, our final term, we were trying to determine if we got victory points for electing mayor in the final election. Yeah. And we are looking through the rule book and couldn't find it in the rule book, but it was sitting right in front of us, <laughs> right on, the the board, board of us on the board, yeah. like very clearly <laughs> written for you. So yeah,
0: end of, yeah, it's scoring after each election and and it's more of a, after the election thing, you get the mayor points. And so at the very end of the game, there's an election. So you get the mayor points and there's a, and there's also an area I never mentioned it. Um, in the first uh, zone, the last ward is called Tammany hall. And if you happen to win Tammany hall, that particular ward, it's worth two victory points as opposed to a single victory point that the other wards are worth. Um, which I don't think I mentioned. If you win a ward, um, you also win get a victory point for winning that ward. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, it um, yeah everything's on the on the board. Fairly, it's a nice layout. You know, I can't really uh, I don't have nothing to complain about that. Uh-uh. Um, I think no, if I'm wrong, was it Tara who won?
2: No, Marcus did. Marcus won. Yeah, but it was very, close. Very close. Well, it was a tiebreaker between him and I. He ended up oh, having assume, the most okay. influence. Right. At the end, because
0: I remember Tara, Tara was up there, but she was yeah, up there for a long time. She
2: yeah. she is mayor two times in a row. That yeah, and then we kind of focused her down because she was like that. Six points was huge. She was, it was
0: actually yeah, pushing her up the uh, score track pretty quick.
2: So we all kind of forced her people out of districts. <laughs> yeah, and then Marcus took mayor, and it kind of shot him right up there. Yeah, yeah.
0: So even though there's not you know there's no um, ability with mayor, that three
2: points is huge.
0: It does uh, make a big difference. Well,
2: because it, it's a low-scoring game. Like It really is. It really is a low-scoring game. You have to think about particularly uh, the slander. If you're yeah. not getting a return for your slandering, like at least two points, mm-hmm. you're better off keeping them for the final point at the end. Like, right, yeah.
0: If you're not locking up a couple districts with your slander... With your
2: slander, you're wasting yeah. your time with it because it's worth a victory point. You don't really need to give it up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found you, you definitely... At least in my case, you you, I, I felt like you didn't want to use it within the first couple years of the term. Yeah, yeah, I really like, really need to year wait. three,
3: year four, yeah, four. yeah, of yeah a term. and if
1: if you can possibly wait till four,
3: yeah,
2: that's the best to, time to
1: use it, and and you can, yeah, like you said, if you can make use of it for for two points in that in mm-hmm. that fourth year, otherwise it's it's pretty risky to use it before that.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and it it. I guess it's a little it's cause there's sixteen essentially sixteen churns in this game. it is a little bit it is a longer game we were playing with five players, but once everyone
1: figured it out it it ran fairly smoothly yeah there I think there was the odd time where you're um you you're trying to decide you know what what your best option is do i you know do i um you know place an immigrant out of the um out of the garden? Or do you know? Should I be placing two ward bosses? And right. if if I'm placing them, where is the best place for me to place them? So yeah. <laughs> I, I think there was maybe once or twice where you you know you might sit for you know a couple minutes trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, other other than that, it moved. I thought relatively quick. Well, the, the yeah. first
2: two turns were a bit slow, but there was a couple of us who didn't quite have the rules by that <laughs> point. Because like I, my Who first turn—no, well, even my first turn was a wash because I thought I could use influence differently than yeah. it was, and I played with thinking, "Oh, I could spend any influence in any district," but right. turned out that yeah. wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, my misunderstanding of the rules didn't didn't affect the speed of the game.
2: Yeah, the
0: you, uh, the first four years—well, the first four years is almost a wash. Not not quite, but we were doing things a little bit wrong, like with the turn order. Um, there's a the whole thing where you refill the the um, the the garden area with um, immigrant mm-hmm. cubes um, and we were sort of doing the churns a little bit quick and, and haphazardly I guess you could say so it wasn't getting refilled when it necessarily should have there was a couple yeah I think turns Tara and empty. I ended up yeah. on
1: the on the wrong side of that where yeah we yeah. Were couldn't no get immigrants to place yeah um, yeah because we hadn't refilled the garden
0: yeah so that was a on the first four years there was a, a couple of mistakes made definitely we only played one game of this we probably should have definitely played a second but you know, by the end of the game, we pretty we had it figured out. The last yeah. two
2: terms, like the last eight yeah. turns years. of the game, yeah. eight years of the game, were, they went really quickly. Yeah. Once everyone was kind yeah, of on every, the same
1: page. Yeah, at that point, everybody yeah. knew what they were doing.
2: I, I think the longest part was trying to figure out if we scored points for the, the, the mayor, thing mayor at the end. end. Yeah. And that didn't take us all that yeah. long. So. <laughs> so no, it five didn't. Five minutes
1: of looking through the manual <laughs> yeah. To yeah, find it on the board.
0: <laughs> to find it on the board and then eventually find it in the manual as well. Yeah. True. And yeah it's not a it's not a game I do really well at either um I like the game but uh yeah it it's a hard one for me to figure out 'cause like I'm trying to trying to calculate out okay where's my best place to yeah. to stick my word bosses trying well, to, I, what what influence should I be trying to grab in this
2: uh... that's kind of the charm of it though oh no it? yeah Cause it it's you might come up with your strategy, yeah but if you're not willing to move and someone else is doing a counter strategy you're gonna lose yeah
0: other you, like, you, to... you have to you have to be mutable in this You've... game yeah you have to be able to like shift on the fly yeah, yeah. and that's not always my strong point well and, and to <laughs> yeah.
1: adapt to the to the different roles you're you're likely going to get yeah yeah um I, I think that's you know that that's sort of the fun part I think about being the mayor is it's getting to screw uh,
2: someone around by giving them the benefit that they don't necessarily want yeah
0: <laughs> uh, because, yeah so especially the very first time playing like Tara was the mayor the first couple of times and yeah she she looks at these these abilities and okay you reads them okay yeah. but you don't really understand. The benefit of them How until you see them impact. in action. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I think that that uh, the the counterpoint to that, the the challenge for the other players is, um, regardless of the role you get, you know, being able to, I uh, you know, like sort of find those moments where you can take advantage of it really well. But, yeah, uh, I I thought that was actually the the fun part of the game was you know getting getting the different roles that were handed to you and mm-hmm. and then looking for those opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, were, and, the, and the, the first three turns are all very similar Mm -hmm. like the first one the first term you're not no one has special abilities so it's it's kind of a vanilla turn where you're mm -hmm. trying to jockey for mayor and get more influence out on like
0: more population out on the board the
2: second two turns you're starting to spend influence quite a bit to try Mm -hmm. and maybe get mayor or hopefully get a better Mm -hmm. ability for the next one and you're using your special abilities and then the third term it it's kind of you have to think about how much influence you're going to have left at the end of the game where you didn't have to think about that previous. So the last four years, it's like, if I spend this to win a district and gain a point, am I going to lose the two-point bonus for going under my influence in the Irish or the Italians? Mm -hmm. Right, having
0: the most Irish or whatever, yeah.
2: Or if I gamble and win this and end up having the most influence with them where you gain the three Mm -hmm. at the end of the term. You know, it's like there's all these little things that have to go on in the last term that make mm-hmm. it a little bit more complex and a little more frantic. Especially when you're looking at it, like you don't get many points in this, and I have to make up five points on the leader. It was just, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you know, at the end, I it was pretty obvious that I, I wasn't going to come out even near close <laughs> to the top. So all I did was was try to, you know, get get ahead of Randall. Yeah and you pulled that off didn't you i did pull that yeah, off but, <laughs> I, but i um but i had to be kind of you know like i said looking for those opportunities so i i yeah. i think where i where i might have come out ahead was um I, I had a really good opportunity for slander right and, yeah. and i caught i caught a couple uh words back but yeah. um yeah okay very interesting yeah and yeah, i had a lot of fun playing that
0: okay so yeah that's um so that's Tammany Hall I don't think there's much more to say about that so then uh, we'll go on to the next one which is uh, another Steffen Feld game so that's our second one in a in a row uh, Rialto this one's uh, released in 2013 um, again Stefan Feld I have a whole list of his games here like usual but there's no, re- no reason to really go through them he's done so many and every year he comes up with more uh, artists for this one uh, Andreas Resch and hans George Schneider. Uh, publisher in Europe is Pegasus Spiel. And uh, uh, in America, it's a tasty minstrel that brings it out. Uh, mechanisms it has are area control and area influence. So we see that again. Auction bidding. And the difference with this one is you have card drafting. Uh, and it has a BGG rating, a 7 from 3,000 ratings. So they're both rated fairly fairly close to each other. From a similar um, pool of, uh, of ratings of number of ratings. Uh, rule book for this one. Um, it's a pretty pretty standard uh, rule book um, as opposed to the other one. there's a lot of really good pictures in this one like a n- really nice layout of the very you know you flip the first page open, you got your setup page and you have a really nice layout of the board um, taking you point by point how you set it up um, for the number of players and what you uh, and, and what goes on the board. Um, then, it, then it goes through and just takes you through the different phases of the game and describes the different cards and, uh, and buildings and, and how you score points uh, throughout and at the end of the game. And there's also a, a, a variant, it's a, actually a three to five player game. Well, it says two to five because there's also a variant inside for playing with two players. So typically you play with three players minimum, but there's also a two player variant that's included in here. So you know a typical you know nice light, nice really nicely really done uh, really nicely done rulebook um, component wise um, it's a pretty a typical board game so I'm not, it's not a overly produced one um, you know it has a nice board uh, a typical you know standard four piece folding board um, it's got a bunch of uh, cards that are nothing special just kind of standard um, board game quality cards. A um, bunch of wooden pieces for uh for each player's um councilman they're called cardboard chits that you use for gold and um a bunch of uh um cardboard building tiles that um go on the board as well so it's a bunch of you know mostly cardboard a little bit of wood uh, so not not overly fancy um but you know it's pretty typical board game quality
1: yeah, it wasn't wasn't poor quality
0: in, in any no. way.
1: Just pretty standard.
0: Pretty standard, exactly. Um, it's a nice uh, nice design. Um, maybe not quite as uh, like the, I like the really like the the coloring and the um, the graphic design of the box. When you get into the game itself, it's a little bit brighter, um, so it's maybe not quite as fancy, but it's it's all right. It's 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 nice graphic design. Um, rules wise, uh, this game isn't much more difficult than uh, Tammany Hall. Um, there's a, maybe a few more moving parts to it. Uh, how it is, it's, it's um, you're, it's we're playing in Venice. Um, and so how it is, is you got a, a bunch of different um, districts that are all sort of separated. They're not connected initially. And you got three districts that are yellow slash reddish. And then you have three districts that are in the blue, blue color. And uh, so what that is, is, Um, at a certain point in the game uh, the first player who gets one of their councilman pieces on each of say the blue districts um, will get a 5 point bonus Um, and there's a 5 point bonus for the blue and a 5 point bonus for the yellow orange area and then once somebody gets that bonus or multiple people get that bonus you flip over that 5 point tile and nobody else will get it afterwards so there's a total of six districts you lay out uh, tokens on each district from one through six so you randomly shuffle these one through six tokens and put them on the uh, the various districts and that'll determine the order that you're vying for each district uh, every player has a little player board uh, it has um, a little spot for holding your councilman and uh, everybody will start with five councilmen on their bo- on their board uh, and Everyone will get a certain amount of gold to start with. It's random. Well, not random, but depending on who the first player is, the first player starts with less gold, and the last player will get more. Uh, So depending on how many players, it determines how much gold is out there. Anything that's left over for your councilman and for gold goes into a central area on the board. There's a score track around the center of the board, around the edge of the board, I should say. There's a dodge track um, along the top of the board, and this... Um, after you determine randomly who the start player is, uh, this dodge track will help you determine who the start player is in the future turns, and it also helps you break ties based on position on it. It's doge, though. Doge. Uh, doge, Do- yeah, doge. Yeah, doge. <laughs> <laughs> Italian ruler. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, You're not dodging away from something. Yes, it's <laughs> doge. That's what I meant to say. Doge.
2: <laughs> That's what I heard.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> there's an area on the board as well for a bunch of building tiles. And at the beginning of the game, everyone's going to start with one cost, one t- uh, building tile. There's three colors, green, yellow, and blue. And the color also helps you determine uh, when you can use a particular building. Uh, green ones, there's three different phases. Uh, the green ones can be used at the uh, during the first phase. Yellow can be used during the second phase. And blue are sort of a phase of their own after the second phase that they're the third phase that you can use any blue buildings you have Um, and each building has a special power um, or ability that you can activate by placing a gold on that building so it's spend a gold get the building's advantage during its particular phase and that's what the that's what the buildings are for and then the rest of the game is basically cards so you get this big stack of cards it has uh, five different uh, types of cards and well, actually, it might be more than five. Let's see. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different types of cards. Uh, there's the uh, Doge. Doge, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. There's the Doge card. Um, when you, um, If you play a Doge card, during your turn, you'll be playing cards. If you play a Doge card, it lets you go up one space on the Doge track for each card you play. Um, if you were the person who played the most Doge cards during that particular phase, you'll get an extra spot. You'll go up an extra space on the track. Uh, The second card is the gold card. By playing those, you'll gain more gold coins into your uh, stash. And again, the person who played the most during their turn will get an extra coin. There's the building card. Uh, Depending on the number of building cards you play, you can build a building of the cost equivalent to the number of cards. Uh, If you played the most building cards, you you can build a building one cost higher than the number of cards you played. Though uh, the buildings, there's a, they range in cost from one to four, so the, there's no nothing bigger than a four cost building, and you can only ever build one building in a turn, anyways. So, the, you know, if you uh, if you happen to win and you happen to play four building cards, you only want to get a four cost building out of it. Uh, there's the bridge card. Um, bridges are used to connect districts, so each district will have two to three uh, connections to other districts. And those connections can be bridges or they can be gondolas. Uh, The bridges, um, as you play bridge cards, you'll gain victory points for each card you played. If you played the most bridge cards during that phase, you also get to take a bridge tile, and there's a a number of them and they have different values on them, um, and place it connecting any two districts that you can that has an empty uh, connection space in the orientation you want because these bridge cards will have two numbers on them. And depending on which, you know uh, which way the numbers are going, they'll add points to a particular district uh, for end game scoring. Uh, next is the gondola card. Uh, for every gondola card you play, you'll get a councilman from the supply back into your personal supply from the general supply. Um, if you played the, uh, the most gondola tiles, um, you'll also get to put one of your councilmen from the general supply into one of the uh, um, one of two districts that you place a gondola tile on. And the gondola tiles are like the bridge tiles. They have a, a point on them, but it's the same for every gondola tile. It's one point per side of the tile. So the two districts it connects, it adds a point to each district. But Then when you place a gondola tile, you get to also place a, a councilman from the general supply onto one of the two districts that it connects. Uh, there's the councilman card, so for every councilman card you play, you will put one of your councilmen from your sheet into the current district that you're vying for control over. And so each there's going to be a total of six turns in this game, uh, with a number of phases in each turn. But each turn you're going to be trying to get control of um, different uh, one of the six districts as you go along. And so the councilman card is used for placing councilman from your card onto the board or for moving councilman if you have no more on your card from one location on the board to another uh, to the one you're currently trying to buy for control over uh, and the bonus for that one is you get to place uh, one additional uh, councilman into the current district based on over the number of cards you've played and then the last card is a joker card which is a wild card it can be used for any of these cards um, but they can't be used in place of a card. Um, if you don't have one of the cards already unless you play two jokers together so if you take two jokers it can equal one card um, if you have none of that card at all so if i wanted to play a doge card and i had none in my hand but i had two jokers i could play two jokers instead Um, but if i only had one joker it can be used to add power to another card but not replace a card so those are the different types of cards and so during setup um, for every turn you set up a number of rows equal to uh, the number of players plus one. So for a five-player game like we played, there was a, a total of six rows of cards. And then you you um, you know you shuffle the cards, and each row is going to have a number of uh, cards, which are, I think, six? Yeah, six cards per row. And so in player order um, and ties, like I said, our player order is going to be determined in the first round randomly, and after the first round position on the doge track the first player gets to choose which stack of cards they want, um, and then you go around the table, and then there's going to be one stack left over. Uh, during the um, phase one, which is where you're getting these stacks of cards, you can activate green buildings, and a lot of the and the green buildings are pretty much all about getting additional cards, or and being able to hold on to extra cards into your hand. So your hand limit is uh, generally um, seven cards. If you have a green building, um, there's a few of them that will let you increase your hand limit by plus one. And there's one that will let you increase it by plus two. And there's also buildings that will let you draw either three additional cards from the draw pile. Or take one of the face-up cards from the uh, the leftover uh, stack of cards. Uh, I also forgot to mention when you grab a stack of cards, you also take two from the top of the draw pile. So you'll, you'll start with nine cards... And you have to discard down to seven. And unless you have a, a green building that you can activate, which will let you get additional cards to choose from before you discard, or and potentially hold on to additional cards. So that's what the um, that's the phase one. Getting those cards from the stacks and activating green buildings. Phase two is where you go and play all these cards. All the cards I um, What's isn't
1: that? It isn't it eight down to seven? Each each row has six. Yeah, and Plus row top. Have, yeah, Yeah, you're
0: right. No, it's eight down to seven. I said nine down to seven. No, it's eight down to seven. That's right. Unless you have a, a building that's you adjust that. Uh-huh. Uh, phase two, um, that's where you start playing all these cards and potentially using buildings that let you affect how you're playing these cards. So the yellow buildings are the ones that uh, can affect that. I already described what all the different cards do. So, you d- so basically, you start with the doge... Everybody plays the doge cards, then you go down to gold, building, bridge, gondola, and councilman. And everybody takes turns during each one of those phases um, playing cards. Um, and then whoever played the most cards will get the bonus for each phase. And if you got the bonus from a phase, you start the next phase. So if um, whoever played the most doge tar- cards will um, play first for the gold cards. So that that's the only time when player order will be different from what it is in the doge track. Um, But then you can also activate yellow buildings. And the yellow buildings are about um, affecting either play order or how the cards are played. So the the cheapest building um, lets you delay your turn. So during a particular phase, like say you're playing for the doge cards and you're the first player, you can put a coin on that building so that you can wait till the end of that. So you can be the last person to play for that particular phase to see what everyone else does. And you also get a coin back. Um, there's another yellow building that lets you play a card as a different card you know, once per uh, when you activate it uh, there's another one that acts as a joker when you activate it and the last one is there's one that lets you play one card as two of another card when you activate it, so that's the yellow buildings that can be played as, as you're playing cards and then once you're all done with the uh, that phase, the second phase then you do phase three, which is basically just activating blue buildings that you have uh, the blue buildings are a little different they're about they can be about getting points or they can be about upgrading buildings. Like The cheapest one is um, when you activate it, you'll be able to upgrade a building that you have to the next highest cost in that color. So if it's a two yellow, then you can go to the three yellow and you discard the one and get the other one back. Uh, there's one that gets you a point and a councilman from the general supply. There's one that lets you move yourself in the doge track based on your position on the track. So if you're third in line on the doge track then you can go up three spaces and then the last one is just put a coin on it to get three points and so that's what the blue buildings do and so you go around um, you go through all the six different uh districts trying to get the uh the most councilmen on a district um and then at the end of the game uh once everybody's done and 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 everything's placed you go around and see who has the majority control of each district. And whoever has the most um, control of that district will get the all the points for all the connectors. So the uh, bridges and uh, gondolas, all the points that are facing that particular district will be added together. The person who has the most control will get the all the points. Um, second most, it gets half the points rounded down. And then it keeps going down if you're in third you get half of what the second person got rounded down, fourth, half of that, and et cetera. Uh, one thing I f- believe I forgot to mention, there's one thing I forgot to mention. It just came to me and I lost it. Um, oh, um, back when we were playing the various cards, uh, it just occurred to me, um, if you don't have a bridge card to play, you'll lose a victory point. So if you don't contribute to the bridge phase you lose a victory point so that's just something i wanted to throw back in there because it, it just re- reminded me as as adding up points for bridges that's something you have to worry about and it's actually on the board so when you look at the board that there's a little chart for showi- um, showing you the different phases and how they activate and it does mention that if you don't play a bridge you lose a point um so you go through all the different s- the six different um uh, districts add up the points for whoever gets the most and down um And I think there might be some points. Let's see. Is there any other end-of-game points? Final scoring. Um, Oh, yeah. You add up all the victory point values of your buildings. So all your buildings, whatever their value is, you add it all together and you get those points. Um, And each player also gets points um, equal to half of the total number of leftover councilmen and coins that are in your personal supply. Round up. And then, um, yeah, you score the districts, as I mentioned. And so whoever has the most uh, victory points wins, and ties are broken by the doge track. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that's basically how you play Rialto. Um, who won that one? Not me. Was it Tara? Well, Wasn't it Marcus or again?
2: Maybe it was Marcus again. Oh, Damn kid. it, <laughs> one, It was one of those two.
3: <laughs> it's always Marcus. Marcus.
0: <laughs> I, actually, that one, I, I couldn't remember um, who won the first game, so I, when I was recording my play, um, I did. I think I, I gave it to Tara but I couldn't remember who it was but you said it was Marcus so that's that's good um, but I can double check um, who what happened to my phone here uh, who won that one because I did have it recorded because I'm just curious now
2: yeah, I think okay. I was
0: dead last place
2: I would think I was second last so I, I don't remember who was in first
0: uh, yeah, Tara actually did win that one it was Tara okay. Yeah, okay. she won that game um, so yeah, very, you know, even though it has similarities to Tammany Hall, because again, it's a political game where you're getting influence over an, over an area, um, it, it plays very differently, obviously. Mm-hmm. Very different game. Um, I, it's hard to say which one's easier. Uh,
2: uh I'd say probably, Tammany I, I Hall. Think, you think Tammany Hall's the yes. easier yes. one? Yeah, really? Wow, okay. Overall, sure. uh,
1: yeah. I, I felt that, that Rialto was, um, was less complex But I did screw it up. (laughs) The the reason I say Tammany Hall is the
2: easier one isn't like Rialto is easy in concept, but the luck factor in it is what makes it hard. Because depending where you are in the turn sequence and how you select your stack of cards and stuff, you can get screwed in multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened to me the entire game. Oh, okay. I always picked my cards last. Yeah, you were always last based on the Doge track, yeah. and and I couldn't catch Drew on the Doge track to switch that. Well, and no one else overtook him either. And actually but, cause but, but that's
1: something that's something to say about that is is I dominated the Doge track the entire game. That's true. Yeah, yeah like and that came down to
0: seating order or because the Doge track determines first player, but then it doesn't the uh, the player order doesn't um, go by the Doge track after that. So whoever's first player starts, but then it goes clockwise. Yep. So that's, and that's where you, uh, you were I always, always sitting last. next to Drew because, yep. you know, the seating, seating arrangements doesn't change. So he was always first
1: and yep. you always got last. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and I made sure I stayed at the top of that Doge track. And, and yep.
2: when you're, when it comes down to card selection, if you can't get cards, like I could not mm-hmm. get Doge cards mm-hmm. to yeah. switch my fate. Like I was always
1: mm-hmm. going to be last there. And quite honestly, well, both potentially and potentially could have overtaken somebody else. Potentially, potentially, but it w- wouldn't change his turn order. it wouldn't
2: though. change the turn order. I had to pass you. Yeah, and the first turn, or somebody where I had got to, pass to actually him to make it a little bit better for you. Yeah. I got to pick cards first, and I wanted to maintain first, so I picked a stack that had some Doge and some Wilds to use. But you
1: managed to get like a ton of Doge cards. Mm. Well, I mean, being being the first to select every every round. You know, like if if I saw, um, like like I think Tara might have been the one that, that came the closest to catching me on the doge track. And at one point she was she was one space behind me on the track. And when I saw that, the very next the very next turn, you I grabbed on doge. Yeah, and and so, and then after that, I think she just gave up trying to chase that. Which you know, especially considering she was sitting right next to me, was probably the. The better thing to do is she didn't need
2: to, as being second. Like, I needed to overcome it because picking last every single turn is what made this game hard. Were you what what position were you on the Doge track? Were you 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 were I started first, you started first, and then then I ended up dropping. I think I was and then you never got Doge cards last or second last by the end of the game, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think we did screw that up. I now that I'm looking at this. It does start with the you know the first player is a person in the Doge track, but then when you're drawing cards, it is based on Doge track order. Oh and wow! I think we were going clockwise, so we totally screwed that. Yeah, up. then yeah,
1: you got you got totally Ugh. screwed. But, out, really screwed. <laughs>
0: well, you started out, but then the the he second shot out. turn, yeah, you might have you, it would have it, I'm sure it would have made a choice. The difference.
1: second turn, yeah. I would have picked third instead of last. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for the long, like for the majority of the game, it was me and then Tara. Yeah. Yeah. So at least at least. That, that was our consistent. consistent. We, we were consistent. Yeah, we in, weren't too far off, but we were yeah. off.
0: So it did screw you up. I, and I didn't right. even notice it. I was but just th- thinking...
2: That all
1: being said, that... And then again, that, it, it comes it, it,
2: down to the luck of the cards. Tammany yeah. Hall, you had the ability to kind of choose your own fate. Where you yeah. went, where you played was true. completely in your hands. Rialto, it's about what cards you could pick in the
1: stack and which ones you happen to get as when you draw secretly. There there are there there is a way to, to mitigate that i think in uh rialto though and and that comes in and and i know because i i did this in one round where i actually held on to cards right in into the next round that's I, right because you can hold on to
0: cards and then they go add to your hand yeah before you discard so yeah round. i
1: i yeah. essentially gave gave away a round in order to dominate the next one
2: and and you know what you did the turn you did that was the exact same turn. I did the exact same thing. You held more of the total cards. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was always going to pan no, out for you, but I, it, you I know, tried was, the yeah. same thing because there yeah. is that strategy, and yeah. it just didn't pay off for me. Um, right.
1: But wh- and and so yeah, I, I I dominated the dough track the entire game. Where I where I dropped the ball um, was not not building enough buildings early enough. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, like I. I I went after that because um, j- just from the way that we were placing bridges and and um, and and the gondolas, uh, I think it was it was um, District Four, right? Um, had had basically completed first, yeah. And the points were actually relatively high. Like one of the one of the bridges gave me a five, the other one I think a six, right? And then, yeah, and then one one from the other gondolas, yeah. And so it was worth a lot of points, and. Um, yeah, so I, I went after that big time, right at the start to, to get that in. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I wasn't building buildings and I only started building them near the end. And by that point, you know, yeah, I got, I got that one district, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get any of the others. True. And yeah, yeah, so I, that, that's kind of where I dropped the ball and it, and Mm -hmm. it actually cost me the entire thing. Like that's why I ended up dead last.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one thing, Uh, It's kind of a a bit of a niddly pick, but I don't like the score track. Oh, the score track is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It is is terrible. It goes around the edge of the board, and you place your – it's like a bunch of lights. It's like a a string of lights or something around the edge of the board, and you place your token between lights. Yeah, between them, not on them. And, you know, it's like a typical one where every – but this one's actually not even typical. Most will have, like, a a point thing every five, where this one might be ten. Was you it ten? I thought they had every five. It might be every five. You know what? I think it's just two different colors. Yeah. It,
2: it but it, it wasn't clear. Yeah. It wasn't easy to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that their point around the board, it, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah I, I wasn't too
0: thrilled with the uh, with that particular um, aspect of the design. Um, and then yeah, in phase two, we were doing phase two, right, where the 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 first player starts out with everything, but then the winner of each. Mm-hmm. Each one starts the next round, but then you always go in clockwise clockwise order in that one. So it was the uh, it was just the just first the card one, selection. The card selection we screwed up, uh-huh. which uh, which in this kind of game because the cards are random and you know there's depending on what's in a stack, you know it could be a, a well, huge well I thing. I was
2: always picking between two, two choices, yeah. and a lot of times it was well it's obviously the two garbage stacks yep. left over, yeah and it it made i couldn't get gondolas, so I couldn't get workers out to place. Mm, Moral councilman and yeah. I couldn't get the doge track movement because mm-hmm. those seemed to go quickly as well, so I built buildings which kept me in the game, mm-hmm. and I got gold cards to be able to activate those buildings, yeah, because you were you were using that a lot you were or even the green buildings I think where you're you're drawing extra cards. Yeah, by about it was like the third last turn I had two of those buildings yeah. where I had to draw three ex three extra cards and got to keep an extra four or something, something like that. Yeah, two
0: or three or, or something like that. Yeah. So that that you can sort of mitigate a little bit of the but it all depends. because it's, it's still random, whatever comes out of that deck. Yeah. yeah. Um so you don't know if you're gonna be able to uh gain something that's gonna help you or
2: not. Uh definitely. Yeah. Um The way I see Rialto is it's kind of you can play strategies out but the luck kind of... There's a lot more luck. The Mm -hmm. luck of the cards make it so that you can you can kind of play with different skill levels and kind Mm -hmm. of have a random outcome more. Because it doesn't matter if you're a great strategist. You're going to be bound by if you got more doge cards than someone else to start the round (laughs) or whatever. So in that way it was nice. You could play with Many different skill levels in this game, mm-hmm. and everyone has a chance. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's true. Um, yeah, both games are, you know, obviously very different uh, in that way. This one obviously has, yeah, the more luck to it. I mean, we screwed things up in both games, mm-hmm. but um, that's consistent. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, you're like you said, there, they, there's a lot more luck. It's like a typical Stefan Feld game where there's a luck factor, but then he builds things into it that try to help you mitigate the luck a bit and he's done that with this with the buildings so the buildings you try to activate them to try to you know improve your lot based on what cards you got um but there is definitely an advantage to being to grab the cards first because you get your choice of everything well and i mean if you grab cards first and have those buildings then yeah 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 exactly you you get a bit more of an advantage than anybody but uh yeah um, so I guess now we can go into final thoughts. Um, I, I enjoy both games, you know. Like usual, I, I I'm a big Stefan Feld fan. I like you know I, I like all his games, um, but I, I will say that most of the time, even though I love his games, they're not always the strongest games. Um, like, not necessarily strongest, but well, in this case where well, we're doing a comparison between two different games, so far, you know, even though I, I really like his games. I'm, I'm tend i always tend to go towards the other one right now um just because of the the different aspects i guess um like Tammany hall you know i'm, I'm terrible at it but <laughs> I, I i really in it's it, i guess it's more brain burning you know there's a lot more um strategy you're trying to figure out like where you want to place your 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 captain or your um your little group guys or whatever and you're trying to what Cubes or what um, influence tokens do you want to grab? Um, you know, it really seemed to be. Um, Tara, she had like a, a majority and like a two two different of those influence cubes, and that really seemed to be you know help her a lot. Um, and where I couldn't really get a, a, a majority in anything, it made it tough for me. But in the end, I, I still think I liked the game a little bit more than Rialto.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I I don't even think this is. I, I like Steffenfeld, felt too. I don't think this was his strongest game. No, I don't think it's the strongest game. No. Um, and I mean, they can't all be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still had I still had fun with Rialto. Mm-hmm. I agree with Jeff that uh, there there is that that element of of luck in in how the cards come down that you might be on the wrong side of. Um. It's you know it was a quicker game. I I think we right. played Rialto considerably faster. Oh so definitely. I don't know if it, I mean if you're looking for that, great. Well if you're but, in
0: a time crunch, yeah, is exactly. an easier one to get to the table. Um I didn't feel yeah. it was like
1: yeah, I, I had fun playing it. It wasn't yeah. a bad game in any sense. definitely felt like he'll he'll never make a bad game. Yeah um, I haven't but I, one yet. I did like Tammany Hall better as well. I yeah. think I think there's a little bit more complexity to it. Um there's mm-hmm. a, yeah there's a little bit more thinking and strategizing about your your ward uh like your ward boss placements and yeah. the immigrant cube placement. And you know when when to make use of your, um, you know your your role. I don't know what you call it, power, or special ability, mm-hmm. and when to to jump in and, and actually use those um, those slander tokens Sh- and the discs. Yeah, um, you know looking at 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 the the you know the, everybody else's influence tokens and and trying to calculate kind of like how badly do they want that one ward? Could mm-hmm. I possibly you know bid them off of it? Right. Um, you know even if they've got. You, you know they've got this you know stack of influence. You know I start thinking, well, how much are how they much willing I, to? Uh, are they willing to give up for yeah. that ward? And how much can, can I push I make them waste off of that, or know? waste? Yeah, for, for later. Turn. Yeah, yeah. And, and can I can I possibly push them into you know,
0: using in them game. up in a couple
3: yeah.
1: different wards? So,
0: yeah, um, that's and going sort of and into that uh, theme really sort of bleeds out better mm. in Tammany Hall. Yeah, I, um, like stefan feld he makes great games but uh, quite often the theme um some people use the term pasted on i don't necessarily think it's always pasted on but i don't think it's always as strong I, and this is definitely one of the weaker themed ones he has um you're going from district to district it could it could be anything it doesn't have to be a you know could who knows you, you don't even know that you're necessarily in Venice, and you know it's it's a bunch of colored areas that you're connecting with with you know, with different connectors and you're putting area control in there. So the theme doesn't doesn't play out as, as well as it does in Tammany Hall. In Tammany Hall you got the roles, you got the different um uh you're trying to gain influence over the different immigrant um, populations and it just feels like you're actually doing that. You know, you're experiencing that and you're you're doing like the cheesy politics or whatever. Even the way
2: that the like the voting happens where you yeah. have to go in order from district one and it's like the first four districts have bonuses to win them so do you spend all of your yeah stuff like all your influence early to get that small benefit for later on or do you wait and maybe capture two or three other districts later Mm -hmm. because everyone spent their influence like it just it feels like you're scheming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very and much. You so. can almost take that exact same theme and place it in, um,
0: like a, a country basis, because you know, think of those first four words as swing states in the in the state. You know, like yeah, you like get a bonus state-wide. if you can win those particular states, um, to the rest of the country. So it it, it feels like an election. It feels like you're you're trying to gain influence with vo- with voters. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, and I think they. I think that's, uh, that really gets hit home with the, the pandering to, to special interest groups drawn, (laughs) drawn like on national lines, like, you know, instead of, you know, I I think possibly they could have done, um, you know, instead of Italians and English and Irish and and whatever, you know, actually had like, let's say political parties, but they, but they, no, they made sure that this was, you know, immigrants and you're you're pandering to these, yeah. <laughs> these the different populations along nationality lines. Yeah. So is yeah, you really felt you know that there was this theme of of dirty politics mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, and yeah, I think they they really nailed the theme with that. Yeah,
0: I think that's one of the big things that makes me like it a bit better. Is it the theme plays out and it, and you can see it and you can feel it oh. as you're playing the game. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, the winner, Tambany Hall. And uh, from what I can see, it's still currently available. Same, you know, both games um, look like they're still available um, at least from our local, our, our friendly local gaming stores. And so uh, I imagine they're also available out there for others as well, and maybe even online. So um, those are both great games to check out. Um, next, uh, we're going to go on to our Imperial Assault segment. Um, there's a few things we haven't talked about Shut up. so since the last time we, we discussed um, they came out with the preview for the, uh, the Jabas, and they also have um, changed the uh, tournament maps so they dropped the, uh, the landfill and brought in Jabba's Palace so now you, have to, you definitely have to have Jabba's Realm to compete like usual I mean, yeah, it's, it's un, unexpected you know,
2: it's but. the one problem with this game yeah. competitively and Don't why they will mine. never have a strong mm-hmm. turnout like they do for x-wing it just the buy-in just keeps going higher yeah yeah definitely because with x-wing you know even though there's a ton of stuff out there for
0: that you can just buy what you need buy two or three ships that yeah are
2: newest kind of thing
0: and, and, and compete yeah, without having to spend four hundred dollars to get every single map yeah. tile and and everything. So yeah, definitely. So now we have to uh, contend with Java, Java's map, Jabba's palace. It's an interesting map. Um, the, you oh, got two starting
2: zones. Definitely better than landfill.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's you know it, as they rotate these out, it's always nice to see one go away, especially the one that's been around the longest because you're sort of getting sick of it a little bit. But then yes, some are worse than others. And landfill and one of those annoying it. ones. Yeah. yeah. It was really a kind of annoying annoying map. This one's going to be hard to say. It's um you got two starting zones which aren't far apart. They're like right across a room from each other. Um, but then you have this whole thing with the, the trapdoor. Like right by the Jabba's um, throne are two neutral tokens which represent a trapdoor that throw you into First, you take a strain if you go through it, and then throw you into the uh, the room at the very bottom of the map called the Rancor Pit. Um, so, and then that door is locked, and potentially in both scenarios, no, just just, oh, the just in one B. of them, yeah, just B. So, in one and in it's B. only locked to
2: people who are inside.
0: So you can get in from the out, but you can't get out from the in.
2: So, well, it says it's locked to figures in interior spaces only. Right. And the interior space is the spot that's north of the pit. Oh. So if you're in the Rancor pit, you can open the door. Really? Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's not considered an interior space? It doesn't look like it. It looks like you know, it. Like, because this this hallway here, Yeah, I know their listeners can't see what I'm pointing at. But <laughs> look that, at the map. Yeah. He's <laughs> pointing at <laughs> a hallway. I'm pointing at a hallway. <laughs> it's an interior space that's to the north of the pit. Right. And I'm assuming that means that the pit itself is an exterior space. Oh. Interesting. I uh, did not notice that. No, it's... it's not the hardest door to get down. It's only health eight, defense one. Right.
0: right. I guess so. It's easy to get out of the pit, but not into the pit.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that's different. But, um, but yeah, I guess it depends that... on the scenario because there's a couple. There's two different things. One, there's crates, and then the other one, there's stash. And there are a couple. In each scenario, there's a reason to go into that that pit. Yeah. So. Um what are the different
2: scenarios? So A is spoils of crime. So there's the, the same thing in both A and B where if you step on some neutral mission tokens on the north side of the map in Jabba's throne room, you suffer a strain and end up in the Rancor pit and, on yeah, the end south up in side. The pit. Right. So the spoils of crime you there's a bunch of crates littered about.
0: Represented by the A's on the map, okay. Yeah.
2: And when you retrieve a crate you lose two movement points. Okay. And then each figure who has a crate minus gets minus two speed as well. So oh. unlike landfill where you could spend two action to get all your movement yeah. and go and pick up a crate and still have all your movement even though it minuses your speed, Right. this one will take away your movement as soon as you pick it up. Oh. So you can't just grab it and run away. So they're easily. really heavy crates. Yeah. Essentially. And then at the end of each round, if for every crate, you have you get two victory points just for having them for just for carrying so it. you get really slow but as long as you have a crate you you're get getting two victory, victory points,
3: points. Well,
0: and then b is new and there's ownership. a lot of there's a lot on there too because there's like eight oh no six six. six
2: six crates on there so two of which are in the rancor pit yeah but in a the door isn't locked to the rancor pit so, so anybody can go through okay yeah anyone can go through it so with b it's new ownership and this one here the door is locked again right only for the people in the indoor spots And there are three stashes
3: around? Yeah,
0: there's three stashes. One in the pit, one behind the throne, and one in the middle of the the throne room, I guess, essentially.
2: So, I'm not sure how you... Okay, it's just control. So, the stashes don't move. Okay. And if you control a stash, you get four victory points at the end of each round.
0: Oh, well. But that one, you can vie for control, and if you have Obi-Wan, you Obi-Wan can, can mess screw one up, up on that one. Yeah. Okay. So, not huge missions, but, you know, you can still, you
2: know. No, it's 12 victory points a it turn, can potentially.
0: Be. It, can. it all depends on how much In you can In both maps. Grab. Yeah. And so, that's interesting. It'll be interesting to try. We haven't tried it yet.
2: No. The first impression, ah, I, I look at the d- deployment zones, and I think red deployment is just so much stronger. As a first impression. Cause yeah. It's got a stronger position for your first terminal, which is just south of the area there.
3: Mm.
2: Okay, yeah. There's so a terminal y- right there. You can control your terminal and be sitting right next to a spot that you can basically see Most across, of the bottom, across and, and not and be seen back. Yeah. Unless that's a little red area. No. No, it looks like you can see through that. So. Yeah. Uh, like you say, it's it's hard without actually having played it through a couple of times to know for certain. Well, both terminals are fairly easy to get to. But the other terminal, you're exposed to say Like, you can't sit there and shoot as right. well as control it. You're going to yeah. be kind of out in the open. So the reds close terminal, just it seems easier to hold and still be engaged if you want to be. Yeah. I don't think it's as huge a disadvantage. Or if you don't want to be, yeah, it's easier to
0: hide on that one as well. Right. Yeah, there's a one little tuck away area for Java, in the blue area. Yeah. <laughs> um. The red area is easy enough to. Well, not necessarily. Java's pretty would be pretty exposed in
2: that one. Now, gameplay-wise, though, the if you can push people around, like say Shyla's uh, Mandalorian whip ability. Yeah. Fighting in the throne room there, area there, with the or with the trapdoors, yeah, you could do some interesting things with pushing people around just to mm-hmm. like clear one person from the area. Yeah, send them all the way across the map and take a strain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I mean, say Obi Wan's trying to exert control over the top two ones, take Shyla in, pull them, mm. throw him into the pit, <laughs> him into the pit. Yeah, like th- there's just there's so many possibilities with that.
3: Hmm,
0: yeah it could be it's gonna be an interesting map we have to, we're have. we gonna have to try it out we haven't been playing a lot of skirmish lately we've been letting it sit in the on the wayside as we've been playing more campaigns so i think it's getting close to the time where we're gonna to have to start doing this again um i have scheduled i haven't talked to you guys about it yet but i have scheduled a new tournament for uh, may 13th um at mission funding games so uh the second quarter one yeah it's the second quarter i have no clue what's in the kit they haven't, they haven't, haven't seen anything, anything on the anything website about, it, yeah. about what's in this second quarter quit kit. So, you know, I'm sure it's going to be your typical. You're going to get an alternate art card. And then everyone's going to get this alternate art card. And maybe
2: there'll be something else. <laughs> so. <I> just, <laughs> I'm just realizing that uh, you can actually shove a large model through that pit.
0: Um, It says a figure. Yeah, true, a figure. It's not a small figure. You have to be able to shove a large model, though.
2: It just, when they enter a space containing a neutral mission token. Oh, sure. So, like, the Rancor can be shoved down the pit to the Rancor. But
0: what can shove a, a... a big beast, no, know. if you step on it, I'm oh, saying. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying there's not a lot uh, there's of. There's nobody that can actually push It can push <laughs> the it, rancor, but
2: yeah. you could actually drop a Rancor down into the pit. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of ridiculous when you think about it, but.
0: You, you get Shiloh to send Obi Wan down, then you send your Rancor in. Yeah, stand him on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, Obi Wan's sitting there, like, what the hell? <laughs> sure, you know, nothing saying you can't do that or send the do back down or whatever. Interesting. But yeah, no, there's nothing stopping that.
2: Or an ad at. Or or an ad, or ATST. Yeah. I mean, ATST. Yeah,
0: um, it'd be it be humorous. <laughs> 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 definitely. Um, yeah. So we'll have to give, definitely give it a try. Um. So yeah, that's uh that's the Jabba's Palace new map, and of course they yeah. Good luck
1: finding it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we can't even find the other one yet. So yeah, yeah. I love it. It actually says here: head to your local retailer and order your Jabba's Palace skirmish map today. We still can't find the. Uh, Which one was that? The, last um, the bar, the, the bar, the, the yeah, cantina. cantina bar,
2: yeah. yeah. It's still or anchorhead, anchorhead cantina, yeah, cantina, as opposed to bar. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't, I can't get it at the local game store. I I haven't been able to find a, an online retailer with it. So no,
2: so I don't know. It's
1: only been four months. Yeah, yeah I you guess. Know. Give them a little <laughs> bit of time, Drew. <laughs> Jeez, what do you want
0: it to be out of <laughs> well, <they> rotation?
1: <laughs> don't order me to go get this new one. <laughs> because
0: the next one that's going to leave rotation would be ISB
2: um, headquarters. That one would be. Ha- I like that one. It came in, but it yeah. has been overplayed at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'll yeah. be a nice change. <clears throat>
0: it's always nice when they do change these out. So, yeah, but that that all will be for, for a few one. months. Yeah, but by the time that one changes out, maybe we'll get freaking Anchorhead because <laughs> yeah, it'll be changing, the one that's on they, the bubble. They'll
1: show up just in time for them to not do a yeah, it rotation. It'll you know.
0: be the one on the bubble and getting ready to lo- yeah. to leave. It's like, oh yes, bastards. Whoop.
1: Okay, yeah. Get get your business together, fantasy. <laughs> to
0: uh, and then after the map is the Java preview, Yay. so they um, yeah they, they finally show us uh, almost everything on this one. They don't actually show us the the elite Java card, but they do show us the uh, the standard one and essentially tell you the differences, I guess, between well, you them. Can, you
2: can see the skirmish elite, and then they talk yeah. about the differences between.
0: The well, they, yeah, they, they don't. They show you the campaign elite. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. campaign yeah. elite. Yeah, and then they tell you the differences between the two. So uh, they look interesting. We were just talking, you know, before we started recording, like usual, about how with with these Jawas, they, you know, they're low, are low point, um, you know, somewhat low health. Like the two pointers, only at three health. The the three point elites, five health. That you could take um, like five Jawas, like two elites and three regulars for the same price as Luke, and have the same or more health. More health. More health. More health. But have five activations. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, granted, you know, you're rolling two yellows for your attack. Um, but plus two accuracy, standard. You know, plus
2: two accuracy is good. And, and in a surge for, surge even the regular has a surge two. for plus two wounds. Yeah. yeah. And a and surge for plus two more accuracy. Yeah. yeah, so you're... I mean, they're not the longest range
0: No. By any means, because... No. they are not even guaranteed. Like, except for the plus two accuracy, that's all you're really guaranteed. Yeah. Um, as But as long as you get a surge, you can get your four accuracy. Well, I think so. the
2: zero accuracy on the yellow dice, if I'm not mistaken, is they a surge, always at have a, at least a surge yeah. on both of them. So you're guaranteed... I guess you're guaranteed the four, even though you're, you're guaranteed not going to do much four, for damage. Yeah, you're guaranteed yeah. four. You're probably getting five.
0: Yeah. Um, and you're hoping for some additional damage through another surge. And then there's that interesting harass <laughs> uh, surge ability. Um, after the attack resolves, if it did not miss, the defender suffers a strain. So, so
2: it doesn't have to do damage. doesn't have to do damage, it just, just has, has to, to hit. hit.
0: Which is actually great with the Under Duress card then, because in, in a Merc deck, you just have to get him in range and, and not miss. And the guy's suffering... Either two <laughs> cards yeah, or... Or damage. Mind. Yeah. So it's actually really strong. And for a little two-point guy, and then you get the three-pointer, who I'm assuming has the same ability...
2: Um, what? Yeah. Uh, no, his harass... Uh, oh, he is, ha- no, is it Haggle? No, that's Haggle for the campaign. It's a bargain, I think, for the skirmish. Oh, is it a bargain for so the skirmish? So you spend a surge to roll the green dice. Well, you spend a surge and a victory point to roll the green die. And for every wound that you roll on the green die, you gain a victory point. Right. So hmm. you can... I don't know that it's useful because... I think off the top of my head, I want to say there's a one in three chance that you're getting two victory points for yeah. the one. So you're gaining a victory point. It's not great odds. There's I'd almost t- rather have Harass. Yeah. <laughs> really.
0: But it's it's not bad. It's like, it
2: might be in addition to Harass, though. Yeah, it's,
0: it's without actually seeing the card. Without it's hard seeing to tell. the card, yeah. Um, it'd be nice to know if Harass is in there because I do like Harass. as an an ability and then they have take cover which we're not 100% sure how it works exactly because the text on the site and the text on the card don't don't quite mesh up while defending you may apply plus one um, defense and minus one surge block or evade to the defense results but then in, in his text he's saying you gain one block at the cost of one evade which is interesting way of saying it because then if you don't have an evade does that mean you can't get the extra surge
2: block yeah because the way that the card reads i would just say you would use it and if you happen to roll an evade you'd lose it yeah but if you didn't roll an evade you would not lose anything and you would gain a block but the text of the like the description of the card beside it in the article makes it sound like you need to have rolled an evade right yeah
0: and
1: It'll be the text on the card, and, and until they until release they release an FAQ, yeah, FAQ it. But yeah,
0: and I guess we'll, we'll we'll have to see. There is an article or a discussion on the forum about this, but I haven't noticed anything yet about anyone ask, actually asking about that. Um, yet. I mean, it may be in there, I just haven't run across it yet. Yeah, this this article's a few weeks old. by Yeah, this point. it is a few weeks old. Um, yeah, it could have been written a little bit better. Like usual. But um, but they do look interesting. Like, not, not an overly powerful figure, but...
3: Well, it, the it,
0: thing
2: about them, though, is you look at the point cost yeah. for the health that you get. Oh, it's, yeah. It's decent. Yeah. It's 1.5 per point. Mm-hmm. But in today's game of assassinations and high damage, it's actually how much they're over-killing you mm-hmm. that is such a waste. For Like, it's fine if you want to shoot these guys. They're two points, mm-hmm. and you're going to waste a really heavy shot against them. True. So if I only have a bunch of low-cost guys, sure, you're guaranteed to kill it if I don't roll a dodge. Mm-hmm. But it's two points. Yep. I don't mind that. Yeah. With a white die. You're going to swarm them with activations. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That and that's the other thing. You're going to have a whole bunch of these guys out there, potentially, or or whatever. You have you have a lot of points to spend, and however way you go, it's hard to know if it'll be competitive having a whole bunch of these guys on the board. But it'd be interesting well, to, to I see. I think
2: cost alone to get a bunch of these. Oh, on that's the board the it Makes it's, it not yeah. a realistic. You're, you know, you're looking the, at ten dollars a pack, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: And does it come with one or two? It comes with one. Just just one. Uh, it looks like. Cause yeah, sure yeah, it looks major. like it's just one. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a single. But it should be funny. <laughs> if, if it would be. I, it would be. It might even yeah. be competitive. I, I don't know that it. You'd have to mock it up and try it and yeah. see, and then and if it if it really was competitive, then
2: yeah, you'd. Because you I mean, while well, we say that, that, that extra, it has you know? more health than Luke for the same cost and a lot more attacks. Yeah. they're weaker attacks, and Luke could kill two of them a turn. Where they're not going to kill Luke. No, I mean, not at all. But the yeah. droids they can bring in and boost could.
0: There's that, yes. and like the, the elite gets to bring in two droids from three. any or is it three droids?
2: They say in the article, uh, I thought it was two, but maybe it three. it's three. It? Where did I read it? Here we go. You can bring up to three droid groups from any affiliation oh. for an elite Java Scavenger. Interesting. So, now, yeah, then. I don't know when you take it because we can't see the card and how it's written. Yeah. I don't know if that means you have to choose an affiliation. That card, or if one Jawa can bring in like a probe droid Imperial and a R2D2 from Rebel with the same card, it because the way they say it in the article is you can bring in one guy and get like some probe droids, or you can bring in two elite Jawa scavengers to see what it would happen if you ran R2D2 and C3PO alongside with BT1 and triple zero, right. Yeah, so I don't. We have to see the card. Yeah, they definitely. It's it's a,
0: it's a kind of a poor preview that they don't show you the the elite the card, skirmish card, because
2: yeah. the campaign one. It's gonna. It's one of those cards that you can't even really bring in, except oh. for their mission specific stuff. So, yeah. or if the imperial player wins it as a reward, right from their influence deck.
0: Yeah, so. I don't know,
2: but they show us the campaign one Yeah, they connection. show us the
0: campaign one because that's the important one. Mm, yeah, they should have shown us both. They really should have. But yeah, But, you no, know, they they look interesting, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to to try them out and see what they can do. And like you said, bring in um, well, you can bring in bt bt one bt one and um, what's his name? Triple zero, triple zero, like. Those are two really powerful droids you could bring. You could, and you Chopper. Know, and and I Chopper. Mean, and I, I out, can't yeah. wait
2: for Chopper. His ability to hurt people sitting at other terminals in the mm-hmm. skirmish game is... Yeah. You bring that in with the mercenary group. He's the guy that just sits and hits the terminals. And then if you don't come and get him off of the terminal that's, you know, that the other guy controls, he's just going to keep denying you your terminal... But then he can hit like a truck when you get close to him anyway yeah. with his attacks. Yeah. So,
0: no, he's going to be... I can't wait to see his preview. I'm surprised it hasn't come out since because it's been a couple of weeks since this preview well, come they, out. Well, their yeah. previews,
2: yeah. they showed him and Hera pretty in-depth in... Not too bad, yeah. Because yeah, they, they had the, the Team Covenant did a video oh, that's right, yeah. preview for them on YouTube that they showed Hera... That like her card and Chopper's card up on screen and discuss both of them, so that they were pretty clear. I, yeah. and they could have changed since then because true, true. I, I've heard some things about Hera's starting ability not being, being the same. Oh, uh, no, really? I, I haven't seen any confirmation from yeah. the actual developers of the game. So that's who knows. They're, they've been pretty tight-lipped about this expansion yeah. for some reason,
0: and it's just a little three bigger or three blister pack expansion so i don't know interesting and then they also with the Jawas you get the IG88's um skirmish upgrade yeah, yeah focused on the kill so give him a boost as long as you're just, you know not trying to take him to any other faction he gets he can have this attachment for zero points then it also forgoes him getting any other attachments but it's pretty strong anyways you get plus 5 health you lose recover three, but you know you gain pierce one instead, but then you also you know it's sort of every activation gain two movement points, and before he declare an attack, he become focused, so pretty much every attack he's focused, so he's rolling three dice mm-hmm. two of his choice
2: and a green one and he gets to attack two times a turn with his yep. original card mm-hmm. uh, whether this makes him worth twelve points is still kind of up in the air for me.
1: What was his original movement?
2: Uh, his original movement, I think, is five. He's pretty fast.
0: Yeah, he's um, he is in here. They have him in the list of cards that are shown here. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes from ten health and five speed to fifteen health and still five speed. But then he's now rolling three dice for attack. One always green.
2: And he has the cause strain ability, like Trend Oceans did. The, Rinna, the attack attacks in three yeah. spaces, and getting to choose your attack dice. I mean, he's. He's pretty he looks like he should be effective, let me put it yeah, that way. Yeah. But he's always been too squishy with his health for how close he had to get with only two dice. True. Giving yeah. him three dice means that suddenly you could be making him like a sniper droid. hmm And they took away his recover though. <laughs> like he almost But if beat, he's snipering, he shouldn't yeah. need to recover as much because Well, hopefully he's not getting hit. He's not getting hit as much, Mm -hmm. but you can recover all the health if someone doesn't focus him down. True. Mm -hmm. With fifteen health, it especially in today's high damage game, I don't know that it makes him survivable enough. With the cards that can be played against him, I mean, he's almost like the answer to Luke in a way because he's like the robot Luke. He's
0: fast. He can do multiple attacks in a turn. Maybe not as many. Like he's not quite as fast as Luke when Luke does two attacks. But he can still do, you know, he can still move pretty quick and get two attacks in.
1: Well, I think it certainly makes he moves it seven more probable. And then
0: gets his two attacks. Because he gets plus two. Uh, well, you, no, he doesn't get to move seven. No. He gets one attack. He gets one attack. But he can move seven and attack or sit still and do two
1: attacks. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's more probable that he'll show up in a list now it is other oh than yeah the, other than the never that you see him now yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> true but his defense is easy to get by because he has an innate defense and then he rolls a black die there's mm-hmm. too much stuff out there with pierce right now for that to be a good defense right
1: yeah
2: but and it's not too unusual for anybody really
0: no but yeah. no
2: but for 15 health that can be chewed through and probably i, I wouldn't doubt that luke could kill him in one one turn if you mm-hmm. got close to him Go up, do his heroic his attacks, attack, and yeah. then do another attack because he's got pierce three. Yeah, true. And it almost is always going off. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened frequently, actually. Because hmm. it's 15 health seems great until you realize that his defense die is shit, is what it comes down to. Black defense die just... When you're facing so many things with Pierce nowadays, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't well, hold its own very often. Yeah,
0: and then unless you and he's not Imperial, so he doesn't get the
2: you you the, switch that yeah. that innate block to an evade instead, and suddenly it's amazing because yeah. it's blocking the Pierce. Yeah, but just one extra defense is what makes it poor. Right. Yeah. So I would rather he was well you could still use him this way you could still use him as a sniper stick yeah. back with like some assassin droids or something and kind of shield him
1: or use mm-hmm. him as a shield if they get hurt ones yeah with his, with this extra speed he can he can back off
2: yeah yeah true yeah but him, it, what no. he really lacked before was three attack dice mm-hmm. and the reason they didn't give him three attack dice is because he could attack twice in a turn yeah but as the game evolved, that was it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he'll get more range out of the extra die. He wasn't recovering enough because he couldn't get the surges unless you chose to roll yellow. Which, yeah, I mean, then you're not doing the damage. Yeah, yeah. it's it was a hard choice. <laughs> you you want to roll that like blue red, yeah, because that typically is your high damage range shot. But you focus him now, and he gets green automatically every shot. And it's every shot. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. It, it's. Which I'm yet to see surge, whether he plays range, out. More damage. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it has to be for mercenaries only, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can't take that with any other group. Because so. it's a skirmish upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll have to try it out when it comes out.
2: Well, and what, what would have been the problem with re-releasing his card instead?
0: Yeah, like they could've just give a a new card that could have came up with a job. was the same thing really. Like
2: I guess they did give him away as a alternate art card in one of the tournaments, so it might have made some people yeah, upset I guess, that the yeah. card well, was no I have longer, this alternate
0: art card it's no longer yeah whatever but valid.
2: But I guess I'd rather use a proper IG eighty eight from like as an imperial side hiring him as a mercenary yeah. or even as a rebels if I found a way to bring him in.
0: Yeah. And those those alternate arts are just produced in-house. Nothing saying they couldn't reproduce it. Give it away at another tournament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want another EIG88 with whole different stats? There yeah. you go. <laughs> you bastards. Um, or just as an errated one, like they sort of did. Well, even then, it was still part of the tournament kit, wasn't it? Like when they did the Imperial Officers and the SABS. Yeah. So, true. Uh, then they also have, let's see, some... Uh, Command card upgrades Navigation upgrade For droids Interesting one Um, Put it in your player area And then you can activate it With a strain To um, Oh no, it's activate with a strain To place it in your area Then once it's in your area You can exhaust it To give a friendly droid uh, An extra movement point
2: Not a good card
0: Mm. Uh, Not a great card But, you know
2: No, for two points It's a horrible card Yeah yeah, well, I, you're you're taking... Well, you can take it on someone who can recover because there's enough droids that have recoverability, like a pro yeah. droid or yeah. even like the new BT-1 and triple zero. I believe they both yeah. had recover. But it just... For one movement point? I mean, mm. two command... I mean, yeah, it's every turn, but... I It stays it in just, your
0: area. I mean, it all depends on when it comes out, too. Like If, if you get it card, early... If you don't get it to the end... Yeah, if you yeah, get a turn a one... If you get a turn great. one, it could be...
2: Yeah, it could... But even still, for two, two yeah. points for your command card, it it doesn't seem to have enough effect. Uh, there's mm-hmm. too many other cards I'd rather put in, mm-hmm. that I just don't see making room for this one. Yeah, it causes you damage or costs you a command card. Yeah, yeah, potentially two if you're playing against under duress. But well, I think I,
0: it's one of the first ones we've seen. Is it the first one we've seen where it's a, a card that enters your play area and stays there? So it may not be the strongest card, but I don't know of any others that, stay in, that stay in play But there's enough
2: that kind of stay in play. Well, Jabba's... there's ones for like one turn kind of thing. But well, Java is where you stick it on someone's card until that deployment yeah, card is it...
0: gone. It's in the game. Yeah, but it's not the same thing where... Yeah, when you as long as you're able to hit that guy that Java's card's on, you're going to do extra damage to him. But it's not one that can affect any other kind of area of play. Whereas this one activate you exhaust it to it's only yeah like you said it's only a single movement point so whether or
2: not that's going to prove to be useful Uh, and there are some droids that they're they're so slow like probe droids say or a 3po who moves three but 3po 3PO moving four (laughs) how often do you really want to move 3po up anyways not necessarily up maybe back maybe back yeah but i one movement point isn't going to make or break most things true I I don't know. It could be the difference of getting IG88 two shots in a turn or just one in a movement. Yeah. Like there there's it's situational and I just don't I don't he like gains the 2 point card. Two movement card points
0: at the beginning of his turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's two movement points
2: he does he, would he get can three. use
0: without having that could be three he could use without even having to take a move action.
2: Yeah. If he had that out. So I mean it's got its uses, but yeah. for a 2 point card, it, I yeah. would expect it to do more. Yeah. And it's very
0: situational because yeah. you have to get it early. And maybe there's other cards you want to get earlier than that one. And then mm. another one that they brought Uteni? up was Ootini. <laughs> um One point card um, used at the start of a round during this round. Each friendly Java Scavenger gains plus one speed, plus one accuracy, and a surge. If you are attacking a figure, gain one victory
1: point. Yeah, this is this is if you're gonna run a Jawas. yeah this is your jaw six victory points yeah, just for the them card. attacking yeah. yeah yeah that's all that's all you have to do is attack yep you don't even have to, you have you have to, to hit. hit no you just, just have to roll a surge on the
0: yellow days two that's yellow right. days yep mm-hmm well and that, that's a surge ability. Yep, surge yep. if you're attacking a figure gain would be But if they're rolling yeah. two yellow. Yeah. So you're I mean, getting a
2: surge. You could shoot you're, someone you have no chance of hitting just to yep. gain a victory point. You know, I have I well, don't you even have Combine the range.
0: that with their other ability like with the the regular's um harass ability. <laughs> so like you're
2: you're automatically doing a strain to them and and you're, you're getting a victory you're point. Getting a victory <laughs> point. point. <laughs> or the, the elites, you're gaining a victory point and then you can gamble that victory point to, to maybe get two or points yeah 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 so it, it's kind of a weird card it's an, it makes them fun i i
1: think this is this is the card they're fantasy flight is suggesting you you run a jawas worm yeah
0: <laughs> yeah give that a shot you get six jawas going and yeah no and one will take you, you
1: seriously until that until one that round <laughs> where they score you know five six victory points, points, five, points for
2: points. sitting at the back yeah
1: yeah yeah, we haven't even left our deployment zone. We just attacked. Have no line of sight.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we surge to gain victory points. And then Java spends those victory points right. to get IG88 to attack, yeah. or gets a Jawas to attack again. Oh, true. Yeah, to get more victory <laughs> points oh my God. and and some more strain. Like ah, oh, <laughs> <Jabba's laughs>
2: the most annoying deck ever. But like I fun. said, fun. It could be, it could even be competitive. Could be. But
1: I just mean, disgusting creatures. <laughs>
2: They they'll they'll drop like flies if they're targeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I guess the trick is to make something that can take the shots yeah. seem more appealing of a target and let them just be harassing units. But I mean fourteen points, you get six of them. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It would be amusing. It I don't know be. if anyone would spend the money. That's the that? thing. It's like so. Use Sixty to seventy dollars to something You definitely be have to mock
0: it first to, just to see. Um, yeah.
2: Use some proxies or something some, early. And do
0: some playtesting with it to see if it's even worth it. Yeah. Def, uh, uh,
1: everyone at home, try running one of these lists and <laughs> let us know how it yeah. is. <laughs> is it worth spending the money? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your Jawa Swarm experience. When these things
2: actually show up. Which should be somewhat soon. They're on the boat. Two months. Two months or so? Probably. From now? Well, the last time mm-hmm. they released their spring stuff ended up here in June. I guess. And, like, towards the end of June. That's why. So a month and a half. So maybe the snow will be gone by then. Yeah. If we're lucky, it'll be next month. Not in time for the world. But, I mean, yeah, they no, they released a map in January we haven't gotten yet. So. <laughs> True. Yeah. Long who knows? That's God. probably on the same freaking boat, so. <laughs> it could be September we yeah. see it.
0: Yeah. Probably. You never know. But, uh, yeah, but that map is legal for worlds as opposed to these guys who won't be. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice will to, will
2: Jabas be will the Jabas Palace be legal for Worlds?
0: Yeah, because they announced it um, a f- few weeks. ago. When's Worlds. It's coming. Uh, out. Worlds is me. Yeah. Um, so unless it's the very first weekend of May, I think it's going to be legal.
1: Uh, to to bring bring up, up their a, competitor information. Yeah,
0: card. when well, it's actually when the the date of the uh, where is it? Oh damn it! I didn't mean to expand that. The date of their tournament. Rule upgrade. I thought uh, it
2: was like the weekend of the 13th as well. Or maybe it was the 4th.
0: March 30th. March? Is when the tournament re- regulations were updated, which is oh. when they would have uh, okay. released and said that that map was the new map.
2: But did they say it was the new map in those? Were, because they have to say that it is yeah. now. um because a lot yeah, of times when they say this is the next map that's coming out, they, they don't make it tournament legal right away.
0: Well, I think it's a month after they
2: announced yeah. it, isn't it?
0: And like that's when they released the latest um, uh, tournament rate thing, which mentions the three maps. And where are the maps in here? I, I played on the wrong one.
2: Um because, I mean, the other map that they just brought in was only tournament legal as of February. So right. it seems yeah, it about right here. that it
1: should be. All they've got in the pamphlet is 40-point army, including figures, cards, and other core set components. If I, if I get the full
0: PDF Swiss of the, rounds three. the text when I clicked on, it'll have uh, right. in red when the map, where the maps are.
2: It's too bad the Jawas won't be legal by then. Yeah, it's always nice to see the people who take the game really seriously how they interpret some of these things. Okay, for... so
0: starting April 12th, the legal maps and their accompanying missions will be ISB headquarters, Anchorhead Cantina, and Jabba's Palace. There you okay,
2: go. so they will be using it.
0: Yep, it's the That's, one they gave them
2: a month to practice on it, mm-hmm.
0: and so yeah, like in and yeah, they're not going to have it obviously. Well, it's like the, the regionals we didn't have, well, we still don't have. But Anchorhead Bar or Cantina was the uh, was legal for the regionals we went to, Um, and it was the only one that we didn't have a roll up map for. Um, So now it's going to be two they may not have roll up maps for. Get your tiles ready, guys. Make sure you have them all ready to go. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's kind of annoying. Um, So yeah, that's all the the previews that have come out since we last recorded. Uh, There's still one more to go uh, unless they release any more big news i
2: don't know that they'll do hera and chopper before they actually just put them out because they did talk about them quite a bit when java's palace yeah was first released true but
0: they, they might still because they didn't show us i think all of their command cards did they in, in those discussions
2: um let me see yeah because i have a list of what they actually talked about there okay uh for them deployment cards scavenged weaponry upgrade they showed us they showed us their two cards okay. command cards on a mission so they didn't show us Hera's. okay and then they didn't show us the mystery command cards they had so that's potentially
0: some stuff they could still reveal in a preview yeah. if they decide to
2: but then they didn't show us the elite jaw yeah. <laughs> card for <laughs> their preview of the jawas that's so. True. so who knows if who them, knows what's happening not.
0: So, yeah, who knows? There may not be any more to talk about right away um, for for a little bit anyways until they actually drop, I guess. Um, but then the other thing we've been doing is uh, we've still been playing our campaign. Um, we've had a couple missions since the last time we recorded. We had to do a forced mission. For the Imperials, which we got nothing out of, but we did but stop you, you from you getting a card. me
2: from getting the Old Wounds card. Yes. Which was so. probably in your guys' best interest, given that a lot of you spend time flipped.
1: Winning is, all, <laughs> winning is <laughs> yes. always in our best interest. Yeah. I think.
2: So that was, that was our first win yeah. out of that, out this campaign. And then you followed it up with a win on the next one, because you guys yeah. got to bring Boba Fett in.
0: Yeah, and he was actually pretty beneficial. Yeah, he was pretty beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That was the... Uh, what mission is that? That's the trophy hunting, trophy or something? hunters, or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Um, so it was like one of the side missions that we got to choose, and it was no, no.
2: It was a campaign mission that wasn't. Well, yeah, all the all the Jabas you've had a choice of two missions that Jabba will send you out on. Oh, so, so you that's got a campaign
0: yeah. mission. Okay, my mistake. And the next, next one, we're doing yeah, is your next one a side mission. You guys okay. are going after Luke next. That's right. We're going to see if we can get the Luke ally next. Yeah, instead of. Uh, you were gonna do Vinto's. Vintos. Yeah, yeah, we were looking at Vinto's and his Not reward great. just didn't seem <clears throat> worth it as opposed him. Yeah, as opposed to trying to get Lucas at As, an as ally. opposed
2: to giving me twelve points so I can get Greedo and the Inquisitor <laughs> in, in the first oh, turn. Oh like you
0: can't get him <laughs> in anyways. <laughs> but if we if we happen if we win that one, then I will pick up that for that one point skill upgrade for uh for um uh Myrn. But it's, we reduce reduces cost by four. Oh, nice. So you only get eight points only to eight. bring the two of them in. It, it
2: only costs me six to bring them both.
0: <laughs> yes. So it doesn't matter. You don't even need <laughs> it. Because we're at four points as it is. And if the mission gives you any extra points at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah I'm one point away from getting fins. four-point move your full distance and, yeah. and focus.
0: Yeah. That's the only thing. If I have to take that one-pointer so we can bring in Luke cheaper, then I'm looking farther it away from getting my three-pointer. Yeah. But, you know, it would be worth it to have Luca as an ally out there. Cause, well, and you guys you know, got some really good right,
2: weapons yeah. in the tier 2 that just yeah. up the power of your guys considerably. Yeah. And I noticed a difference because they're still starting me off with mostly regulars. Yeah. And you guys can kill two regular Stormtroopers with one hit.
1: Yep. Yeah. this was a, uh, This last one, I think, was the first time we saw Elite... Yeah. yeah, and I triggers. couldn't
2: I couldn't reinforce or bring them back in. Yeah, as a that
0: group. was nice. Yeah, because they were like it was a special yeah. condition of that particular mission. Yeah. And we, I we... forgot
2: to
1: focus them when you killed one. Yeah, that Uh-oh. was all right. Didn't mind that. Yeah. No, that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Can't we we took them. we took them out relatively quickly.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, that's true. We we kind of focused on them. Yeah, I mean they, yeah.
2: they only have five health. Yeah, and you guys are rolling some pretty nasty dice now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so well, those guys are
0: not Mern. Well, yeah, <laughs> Mern yeah, still has her diplomatic pistol.
2: Yeah. That came in
0: handy. No, it's it's a good it's a good little pistol. It would be nice to get something a little bit stronger on her, but she's not our fire guy. So she's well, like, and you
2: you yeah. more spend your time making me shoot myself.
0: Oh, yeah, true. Or oh, clearing their strain,
1: which is nice, like being able to reduce the amount of strain. Yeah, you that have. one is huge. Yeah, getting our strain back. Like actually, I think that's I think that's helped uh, Shyla the most. Yeah,
0: it, it probably has. Like I know she can clear a strain sometimes.
2: Yeah, if she's so by she herself take a, or something. Does she take a movement or clear a strain, I think? Oh, yeah, that's the start of her turn. Yeah. But she also has something that at the end of her turn, if she's by some, uh, by an enemy, I think it is. Okay. Or is that, is that Fence? Uh,
1: mine is as long as I'm not adjacent yeah. to uh, an ally. An ally and I good.
2: think his is if he's adjacent
1: to an enemy or something. Could be. I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I haven't played her. It's just him playing her, so oh, I don't yeah. look too closely. Yeah. But I think there's a way he clears strain at the end. Or
0: which is interesting. So there's a couple of people who can sort of clear a little bit of their own strain, which yeah. is nice. I have a thing, the back to infusion thing, which lets me clear some of my strain.
2: And then whenever you're shot, someone get someone s- near me can, can yep. get clear strain, strain. cleared.
0: And if if I do a test, I can clear a bunch of strain, potentially, from somebody close to me, uh, from just doing an eyeball test. So...
2: And Vinto's abilities are
0: coming not, in handy. Yeah. yeah, and he's not strained. Like, he does use strain a bit, but he's not. Doesn't he doesn't rely a lot he on, on strain. doesn't rely on it as His much. abilities. I mean, yeah. he
2: can strain. I think his ability is strained so that he can see through people, which is a great one strain ability. Yeah. yeah. And his. I don't know that, that he's used that that much, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's does he used it frequently. It. Yeah. Until he gets flipped. And then yeah, he then when yeah. he loses wow. it once he gets flipped, that's yeah. why Vinto yeah. usually gets hit pretty quickly. He gets targeted. Inside information here. No, it's like... We know how he's thinking. If Vinto gets exposed, (laughs) I will purposely try and get him down even though he's your only white die defense. If I have a chance Mm -hmm. to shoot him with someone that can take away... Or get, like, the Inquisitor after him, I will do that because yeah. him being able to see, as you pointed out last game, the Imperial's strength is hiding people behind others.
1: Yeah, cowering. Yeah. <laughs> cowering in the corners. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you guys are
2: trying to assassinate a guy, yeah, he wants and to get him I want to yeah. make him safe, his ability makes it so that he's never safe. So, yeah. it's... And him being able to do automatic damage from four squares away just by shooting someone else first is... Oh. Is an amazing ability. True, I mean yep. it doesn't look great when you first read it. It's like, well, what's one point to damage? But it's one point to damage that you can't defend against. You
0: can't right? block. Yeah, it's yep. unmitigated damage. It's, it's and then
2: you add the second one with his skill upgrade and the distance with the skill upgrade. Like, like he's shooting a stormtrooper
0: and taking it out, and then you know halfway killing another stormtrooper just with incidental damage.
1: Yeah,
2: and then he gets another attack if he wants. And yep. then same yeah, thing he's, again.
1: He's been great at spreading it around. Him.
2: Yeah. I mean, he thought he was going to be weak when he first started playing him because he wasn't having much luck with his well, first weapon. Yeah. But when, he when, upgraded he, his weapon, when you upgrade it to a tier two weapon, he's just slaughtered. He's been
1: rolling like crap. <laughs>
3: were what, dice. What, I, I can't What, what were
1: we what were you trying to roll for? Oh,
2: oh he needed, he, to, he he needed d- to roll a strain yeah. on three, two green, and one blue. Yep.
1: And, and roll. I, I don't know how many times he rolled it and, and didn't average. get a single thing, and yeah. everyone else picks up the same dice, rolls them, and immediately gets the string. Yeah. He failed
2: three so. times. Uh, that, that is well. <laughs> know, to be yeah. fair, I had flipped him for the second or the third attempt he tried. Yeah, and yeah. then he and and then finally rolled one it on red the
0: and a green and, and a blue. Yeah. yeah, but then he finally did. But it, do it. was like yeah.
2: it's over an eighty percent chance for him to roll a surge, and it's like yeah. no, and he couldn't land it. No surge for you. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. actually, he couldn't land it when it was. Important. When it was important, but it's... True. You know. Yeah. Oh, well.
2: Uh, what can you do?
1: But yeah, now he's he's kind of a little bit of a force to be reckoned with.
2: Well, that and it's you hard. guys bringing in... The the mission let you guys pick a mercenary of your choice to come in and we assist you. We chose wisely, I and, think. and Yeah. Bulbafett his... in Skirmish sucks. Like, he's he's a horrible model for his point cost in Skirmish. Mm-hmm. He's too easy to ignore and stuff. But mm-hmm. in Campaign... Yeah, he's
1: he nice. He's yeah, his a mobility is... is a, yeah, it was fantastic. I think that's really where it came in.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. he, he alone almost killed the... He's uh, fast, ...special he's mobile. Imperial guy yeah. that... Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just... He ripped him apart. Mm-hmm. And then he, he's got such a good defense, just innately, he gets the... The yeah, plus I one sh- surge block. The, plus, yeah. yeah, one plus of eight and plus one block.
0: Defense.
1: Yeah. Well, I think... Did, did I get him down to... To about half?
2: Uh, or
1: well, a third of his points? The very, first, then,
0: the very first hit, Boba took, took him down a third.
2: third yeah. And then you took him down a third. Yeah. So in the first, like, the first turn he was on the board, I think you guys had him, like, two-thirds of the way dead. We're pretty close. Second. Well, second, because oh, the first two? turn, he yeah. Did, he, he yeah.
1: He, he had to come out of the deployment zone yeah, yeah. and then that's when you and took him down a third Yeah, and I then got he, and you ran Boba and hit him followed up.
2: and then Boba f- followed him and, and then he, he had two health left and so I ran him yeah. away because I knew I could heal yeah. him at the end of the round yeah and then blocked off then, my access <laughs> to him he, <laughs> but, but then, then Vinto, Vinto found a way yeah. I, got a,
1: I got a freaking Rancor on one side and then yeah. well, the way, and your Inquisitor on the other <laughs> and Greedo yeah, and a Jet Trooper still
2: well, I was hoping uh, the mm. reason I left him slightly exposed because I'm like, well, they they can't all pile on him. Like I'll I'll let one person shoot him, and then kind of yeah. run him back and use him to, well, because he got three activations. That guy and yeah, he can, he can be pretty powerful if he can. Well, he only has the standard dice, but you know,
0: yeah. three. He can do yeah, three attacks so he's he an wanted.
2: elite officer's yeah. profile. So yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah, not amazing, the, but it, he could make someone he had else the attack. Up health. What was he at fifteen? I fifteen think, health
1: instead 15. of five. Yeah. Which yeah it w- uh, wasn't enough. No. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Vinto was fortunately on sort of the other side of that wall, and was able to come on, come in behind and kill that one weak way.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he just had enough strain to just yeah. make yeah. it so he could see him.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was killed the weak way and, and exposed him, and then sling you know bolt slanged right into
2: him. Because I I was looking the other way, I was worried about Fen coming in. Yeah, so we're I, all, yeah, we're yeah. all worried
1: about Fen coming in, <laughs> and so I, upset. I put yeah. him behind some weak way
2: thinking, well, that'll keep him fairly safe. But nope, no, I didn't factor in that he was he had the movement to be able to see him just after. So I I, I still I thought I'd lost. Anyways, like the next turn you still had a full turn yeah we had one form, like it would have been for health you would have had to do to him in a full turn mm-hmm. so i'm pretty yeah. sure it was i didn't know decided. though
1: i like i i i kind of wasn't um i, I didn't really notice or right, I'd forgotten or whatever you want to word it that that vinto was where he was and i am kind of looking at where where shyla is and she the the one uh the one hero that hasn't been flipped so we have to protect that and Myrn is is not super offensive, and I have to, you know, like so. So the three of us, the the one that can't get flipped, the one who's not super offensive, yeah. and me have to get through all these other models to yeah. get to get there. To and, get to and in one turn, that was not going to be doable. So having well, having Vinto on that upside side, where yeah, I I just kind of wasn't paying attention to yeah. him, where where he was, and and the possibility that he could get there. Yeah, I'll be honest. I thought we'd lost. My
2: original plan, too, was to... Like I said, he was going to go second. I was going to make the Inquisitor run after Shyla Mm -hmm. and just smash her. Like, because he was... Or she was almost dead at that point. But you guys made her go first, double heel. Double heel. And (laughs) then I was was questioning, well, can he do it in two hits? And I was like, Yeah, that would have been iffy. Probably not. So then I tried to take down Boba Fett because... He was the next biggest
1: threat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys... And as we know from Skirmish, it's a waste of time going after him. Well, <laughs> you rolled amazing on his defense. Yeah. And I didn't roll a single surge for the
2: Inquisitor to get past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, I mean, he has an innate evade anyway, so I
1: needed to well, roll two surges. True. And yeah. and I'll be honest, at that point, we were, we were willing to lose him. Yep. Yeah. He'd done his job. Yeah, he'd done exactly what he was but supposed But he was
2: to do. the fastest guy out of you with yeah. the most attack dice. So I was like... yeah. I need to get him out of the way. Yeah. And uh-huh. it just, it came down to, I could not kill Shiloh fast enough and I couldn't mm-hmm. get rid of Boba Fett because I rolled like shit and you guys rolled, I think it was like a three rolled defense like black.
1: Yeah. You rolled three <laughs> dodges that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. No, I'm saying uh, on that attack. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, not, attack, not when though. you needed them, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you you don't often roll like shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, white die I usually, do. That was... When I rolled three dodges and four white dice rolls, I was like, well, Whoa, nice. that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, they were at the wrong time. The like, wrong time. Yeah, yeah. It was a game for an officer that didn't matter. Dodge yeah. every, <laughs> yeah,
1: every time I attack, it was dodge. And I think Greedo dodged once. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, like, yeah,
3: yeah well, heard, yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember
1: that one. I don't, I don't think I don't think I attacked him. took again. a shot at him. Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, that was an important dodge then. Yeah. Dodge <laughs> dodged
1: that one point of damage. Well, it was the and one push. where... She can push. You, you were, were going to push a really him handy. back to yeah. make it harder that's for That's right. It. And he dodged yeah. that one. Yeah. Because
2: yeah. you thought you could push him to a spot where you wouldn't be able to see her for his... Yeah. Because it was her shooting him during his attack.
0: Yeah. If we could have pushed him out of the out of way so he could see her to finish his attack, then that would have been nice. Right. But,
2: yeah.
1: That That is actually... That's a kind of handy ability. It
0: is a nice little... It is kind of nice that that gun can do that. It has no other abilities though. It's like one surge for pierce one
1: well, it's green blue
0: yeah it's green blue so it's a stormtrooper it's a gun. standard yeah. kind of tro- yeah trooper gun so it's not fancy but the the, the, the push one is kind of nice mm-hmm. I, I will admit that so who knows it's if come we, in handy up- a few times yeah if we did upgrade it it would know, be a really good reason to upgrade it
2: kind of thing but uh
1: shyla's got an upgraded weapon now and i've got uh yeah my blasters. And shyla has a reach weapon now yeah you know? and, Cle- and with, with cleave is still yeah yeah Blaster got but no. another attachment. We'll see. We'll see, buddy. <laughs> the weapons are getting there. Yeah. yeah, definitely.
2: Well, like I said, I, I haven't looked at the Luke map because I don't like preparing because I think the too games are. Yeah. Well, no, the, the game's lopsided in that it allows the Imperial player to know the mission beforehand. I know what's coming up and everything like that. So I don't. Yeah. I don't really like looking at things beforehand because mm-hmm. it just gives too much of an advantage. Yeah. Already, so. I don't know how tough it's going to be for you guys, but I've noticed a trend in that if there is a strong reward for a side, yeah. it is exceptionally difficult for that yeah. side to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, we're at the point now
0: where just being a little bit better and having a little bit better weapons will make it possible. So, yeah, i will see. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I don't know if where we're at now, if we could have done Myrne's mission um but now you'd probably have more threat if it was at the same point you'd have more threat no mern's mission is just hell it is hell <laughs> the a, more
2: threat would have made it much more difficult yeah I think. like even you guys were afraid to shoot because of the abilities it gave me maybe so we not have been so afraid and you probably shouldn't have been yeah. but then it's it was that trade-off of how far can you move the the civilians and how much can you take mm. in damage like yeah. If you didn't just move them, it seemed like you didn't have enough time. If you shot yep. to clear stuff.
0: Yeah, they make these, these missions really tight. Like, yeah. Like, six turns on most six of them or whatever. Is, and it's like, ugh. It is oh, really you really got to go, 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 go. And it's like,
2: And then when they give you more than six turns, it's because there's some mechanic that's like, oh, here comes Vader and you can't hurt him. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I, that sucks. That is what happened in the... Well, I won't say what campaign. just. But, uh, I don't want to spoil but, things. But, yeah, yeah th- there's... Missions where it's just, like, if they give you more than six turns, you just start, like, oh, shit, what's, what's happening? What's <laughs> wrong? <Yeah. laughs> Something's going to go bad. Something's going to go really Absolutely. bad. Yeah. Well, we have, about, what, you said five
0: missions left, approximately, as long yeah. as you don't get any more yeah, you have a, um, you have force a, missions. You have a... So we're doing a side one You have next. a side
2: mission next, and then you do kind of, like, an interlude, a forced, right. like, story mission. Kind of the midway point. Right. And there's one more side mission, and then another choice of missions to do and then the finale oh wow okay so the, there was quite a few it's like it's a, they give it's you a lot campaign. like these big campaigns are, are kind of nice well, and they we, give you a lot to do we did yeah. get the forest mission in there which extended a little bit but a little the, bit, yeah it's like the forest mission was pretty quick yeah it was yeah it, was.
0: it, was. it wasn't yeah. too bad
2: yeah. uh, like we probably could have got two missions in that night but some people forgot that we were
0: yep, there. Yeah, some,
1: someone forgot we were playing. <laughs> yeah, and, uh,
0: you know, until we were
2: called. <laughs> had to, to rush across and, town. Like, what? <laughs> we're, it, we're playing tonight? Oh crap! <laughs> but th- I, I mean, it also it gave absolutely zero rewards. Yeah. Even if I had won it and gotten that card that did, yeah, I think it was like minus one wound. Yeah, in hindsight. I, I should have stayed home. <laughs> but you guys won that one. We if didn't show it up. Yeah. yeah, but for what?
1: Would, would yeah, it, like yeah. I mean, it. Oh, well, for was reward just, wise, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. It's just, just the one the you towel, guys. The first him, one you guys win, have this one.
1: It, it
2: gave you nothing, so it didn't even really feel like a victory yeah. because you're just denying yeah. something. We're denying Imperium. something to you. Yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, Well, I don't
1: know. I, I I think even if you don't win anything, it was you know it's good to get a win on the books. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. It was our first. I, and I, then I really
1: squeeze
0: went out on a second, so it's not bad. Oh
2: it's
1: no! Good.
2: I, you say you squeeze. I thought that was a strong win. Your last one. Yeah, like there might be a couple things that. I think you could have done differently um, yeah. if you had read the mission. If, look- if I had read the mission mm-hmm. yeah. in advance, yeah. the way I placed some things that came up would have been a bit different. But it could have been a bit different. I'm, Whether or not it would have made a big difference it's hard to say. You guys yeah. still finished it with a full turn. That's like, true. You we, didn't we even didn't, all wasn't go on minute, turn five. So that was nice. Right? Yeah. Like you had six full turns to do yeah. it and you finished it on your <laughs> second activation in turn five or at, third activation. At
1: no point did anyone say, let's just grab a crate yeah, yeah that's, for, that's, oh, that's a first time. that's actually a decisive victory I said it several times
3: how
2: come you guys haven't grabbed crates yet you should we should go after have, crates I, I think yeah. I was bugging about that in turn one to be fair so. <laughs>
0: yeah true enough yeah so yeah Um. so that's about it for the Imperial Salt segment this time around Um. teaser teaser what are we teasing Well, well we, uh, we started a and d campaign so um, we're talking about whether we want to make it another, like, do a segment on Dungeons & Dragons as we go through this campaign, um, you know, or, like, have it, like, a, a, a separate episode on its own, kind of, so we have our standard two-game thing, where we're do, like, we're doing now, and then have an episode where we just talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and, you know, my, my you know, experiences being the first time DM, and, and your guys sort of me running you guys through these adventures and, and how we're going through it
2: as a first time
0: party as a first
2: time well yeah true like but you, i mean we've all, all played. experienced by D players well, it's the first is, time this group has ever
1: well and this is this is actually yeah. my my first campaign on 5e yeah
2: well in
0: yeah, 5e but you have played yeah in yeah. general dungeon dragons before yes but um
1: you so, know there, there's there's lots of stuff coming out from from wizards uh um, yeah you know that they're you know the the unearth Arcana, um, D and Beyond they put up there. Is, yeah. is in the works. So, and if I you're mean, not there's, familiar there's with D and Beyond, I don't know.
2: If yeah, I it's a
0: perfect. it's a beta they're doing right now on it's a its, its own little website, and it's a it's like a online um, resource. So it right now the it has like all the rules from the free rules that are available. It's like the SRD rules. Um, so it has like all the classes, all the spells, all the monsters that you can get from the free material. Um, and it's all beta right now. So people, you know, people are trying
2: it out. It's like an app form.
1: Uh, right now it's web, but it's going to be an app as well. Yeah. The app, the app is going to be released for offline content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, um, and like with phase one, it's just reference material. So you have all the different, you know, Mm -hmm. character classes and all that kind of stuff. You can go through it, look stuff up, whatnot. Um, Phase 2, I believe, whenever that is, I'm not sure, it might not be till the summer or something like that, is going to introduce, um, I think, the character creation aspect. Mm -hmm. So you can go through and create a character through it uh, for use in your campaigns or whatever. Um, And maybe potentially more than that, I don't know. But I think that's when a lot of people are really waiting for that second phase to come along. But it's still beta, so it's not going to have all the rules set yet. It's just going to be mostly limited to what's in the free rules. And then when it eventually releases, um, there'll probably be some kind of subscription fee. I'm not sure if it's going to be a subscription or a one-time fee or what. But then it's going to, I believe, have access to all the material. Um, So it's kind of nice. It's whether, I guess it depends. It's hard to say the value. Um, when you can, there's a lot of apps out there that you can get for, for creating free. characters. Well, not necessarily for free. Well, for free or for a, a very small yeah. fee.
2: I mean, I think one of the better ones is only like two bucks or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Now,
0: when they come up with this, it'll be interesting to see what Widgets does. Like, where are they going to go after all these other ones that allow people and to create characters down?
2: and try to. Yeah. So I've never even thought of that before, but. Kind of hard for them to do. I mean, you're also talking about a company that released the Die 20 system for free for anyone to use way back when. I don't think they'd be that way. Wizards of the Coast is pretty good at... uh promoting their content without being
1: jackasses about
2: it
0: no that's true they're not you know a games workshop or anything and the, but usually, uh,
1: well you want you want to shut down these other these other little apps is have something better yeah and well, that's no, what i was gonna say yeah, usually you know, really, their quality yeah. is high enough that they yeah, yeah. Like if, if they you take a look at the the D beyond material so far it like it's it's laid out very nicely mm-hmm. it looks good i
2: guess and... the reason i've never found it is just to big of a geek i am i i just can make a character without even looking at the book at this point already. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I have an app that I really like on my, on my tablet that I use for creating my characters Mm -hmm. and managing my characters. You know, it's a fairly nice layout. It's pretty simple. It has pretty cheap. All the options. It's pretty cheap and it has all the options in it. Um, And I guess that's where people can get, or wizards could get stickler about, okay, it has options for everything that you have to buy a player's handbook to get. Um, but who isn't going to buy a player's handbook? Like, okay, yeah, I got oh, this out. Oh yeah, handbook.
2: yeah. <laughs> like, For the, the essentially, essentially the art alone. If you are playing,
0: playing D anD D, you are buying, buying. You are know, buying. If you are interested
2: in Dungeons and Dragons and don't play, you are even buying them most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and it has the ability to, to import a lot of these things that uh, that they uh, come out with, like in in the. Uh, In in the Earth Arcana articles that they released on their website, there's a lot of playtest material, um, including alternate versions of character classes, um, new character classes that don't exist in the Player's Handbook, and options for existing character classes. Like um, you know, typically at third level on all classes, there's a choice you make. So in, with the unearthed arcana material there's additional choices you could potentially make for all these different classes. Oh. So, you know, um a lot of these apps you could easily import these rules into them if you wanted to to um to incorporate them into your games. So that's what the unearthed arcana articles are interesting that way they give you more options with the caveat that they're under the playtest kind of um rule set that yeah. they may not be
1: polished. Yeah, it's essentially, may need to be adjusted. you know, yeah. your DM makes a makes a decision about yeah. what, what content is going to be allowed and yeah. that sort of thing. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, some very different and, and interesting mm-hmm. options in there. But. Yeah, and then they also have their Sage
0: Advice columns, which are a lot of the FAQs that people come up with. Mm-hmm. Like, can I do this and this or whatever, and then they'll answer the question, and then eventually they'll compile all the questions into these Sage Advice and you get the latest one and it'll have all, you know, a few pages of all these different things. Yeah.
2: It's great that they support it, like yep. that there's so much content out there. The, the unfortunate thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it's almost it ruins the game with the more support it gets. Y- if you release those it depends, first pins, yeah. the, the monster manual, the player's handbook and the dungeon the master's guide if if the person running it needs it, it is usually a better game just playing with those mm-hmm. than adding stuff because as soon as you start adding stuff people start worrying about power balance between character classes yeah well and they've been really restrained so far
0: with this edition Uh because if you go back to fourth you go back to 3.5 it was
2: like they were releasing a book
0: oh they released like three different players handbooks they had adventurers vaults they had uh the martial powers primal powers all these different books that had all these options for all the different classes and it was yeah it was overload it was a lot of books and I, I, I when we, we were playing fourth, I, I actually picked up quite a few of those books, but again, you know, three point five again, it, it, or remember second or three point five, they had a lot of those same things too. They had those, um, maybe it was
2: second edition. Second edition had all the different those like brown special books, floppy books, yep. you know,
0: like the soft cover bound books. There was a the same kind of thing. There's like all these different ones that had all these different options for all the different the,
2: classes. Well, on three point five, that's one of the systems that kind of just everything they added just the prestige classes yeah and stuff, just, all the prestige it, stuff yep. it made being a choice of just being a pure class or even just a multi-class something or other seem useless because if you didn't work towards these prestige classes where it upped your power level significantly you were wasting your time kind yeah of thing. and i mean you're never wasting your time in a role-playing game and that's the point that i'd I was trying to make when I said they don't need to add stuff is yeah. if you're role playing, it doesn't matter that the person next to me does more damage in combat. True. You want them to do as much damage as they can in combat because mm-hmm. when it comes to combat, that meant you want to get through it without taking as much yourself <laughs> or expending your yeah. own resources. Yeah. And the basic game promotes role playing.
0: Yes,
3: it does.
2: and and then the expansions seem to focus purely on ability to kill things like right. yeah. we're going to add a special class that while well, the favored soul i am I'm, I'm not saying i yep. dislike favored souls i actually like the concept of a divine sorcerer so to speak but it if it's just designed to add power to one certain type of thing so that they can get through combat faster yeah. and easier which i mean is a sorcerer they're Focused. If you're not taking combat spells, most people consider you're wasting your time building a source for. Because what else are you can use your combat or your spell slots for? Talking. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's that attitude of if you're not building your character to do something in combat, but and I mean if I wanted to play a board game because that's essentially what you're then turning the game into, that's what I would do is go play a board game. I want it to be focused on the actual interactions with, like, well, are not to too much into it but our current campaign we talked to kobolds rather than just walk in slaughter and slaughter them, them right
1: yeah. yeah we have jeff and i actually had a conversation about this the other day we you know essentially we're doing a dungeon crawl but we're rolling like you know we're investigating <laughs> we're investigating everything insight rolls yeah, we're yeah. Doing insight rolls on everybody <laughs> it's we're playing characters rather than yeah. Yeah, it's very little hack and slash. Although there is well, there is some hack and slash.
2: It's not Dungeons and Dragons without combat. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Trying to actually negotiate with those orcs, or the goblins. Goblins. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, goblins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Since we're talking about it, um, we're going through the uh, the Sunless Citadel, the re-release of Sunless Citadel. So they came out with Tales of the Yawning Portal, and it's essentially a, a collection of I think it's like six or so old uh, modules, some newer, some really old, uh-huh. that they've reconfigured for fifth edition and, and bound together in this book, um, which aren't really set up in a in a in a linear campaign, but they could could be set Easily up that added. way because the modules do follow a, a somewhat character progression. Like by the end of one module, you should be a certain level, and then the next module pretty much picks up at that level. How you tie them together is up to you um it all in general in this in this book takes place in the in a and starts out in an inn called the yawning portal and then you can tie your adventures together that way but i'm just using it because the sun of the citadel when i was reading up it was is really it was like a 3.5 module that originally came out and was sort of um People were really talking it up being a really good introductory campaign, not just for new players, but also for new DMs. And this is my first time DMing, so I wanted you know any, any advantage to make it a little bit easier on me as I'm getting used to it. I oh, well, we we made not. it easy on you.
2: Not trying to be diplomatic with the little dragon, being <laughs> diplomatic with the kobolds instead yeah. of just doing the typical. Oh, there's something with treasure by it. Let's kill, kill it.
0: it. Let's kill it. <laughs> yeah, but um, which was interesting too because I, I I did download just to take a look at the original version of this. You know, then they were fairly good at keeping it mm-hmm. pretty yep. much the same. Though there's one thing um, in the original. There's a a section that says, you know, if. The players um, parlay with the the kobolds or whatever, and you know, and go on a mission or whatever, and don't just outright slaughter them. Give them the experience as if they had attacked them. And now that should be, you know, that's really good advice for a, a new GM who's not necessarily thinking, oh, how do I, you know, get my character, my players to go up in level and that kind of thing if they're not killing everything. But they didn't add that to the uh, the re-release, and I don't know if they're just making the assumption that oh, people should just. You know to give people experience for being able to do something like this it just seemed a bit odd to me that they would take that out um because it's it's pretty you know it... well
2: especially since they had such a heavy focus of that in fourth edition
0: yeah fourth oh. edition was really focused on like it was combat it was a challenge yeah. and yeah.
2: there was a skill challenge and a combat challenge and there were certain ranks and yeah you got experience based on it so it makes sense that you would carry that over because in some a, way, yeah. it's a it's an excellent way to
1: reward people for not being murderous bastards. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's yeah. a role playing game. I, I think you know you you should be rewarded for role playing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Especially
2: when you look at like all the literature and stuff they do for D anD. D It it's like they talk about goblin society in the monster manuals yeah. and stuff like they that. They give
0: you like real background yeah, on all these different. It,
2: things. And the, what did the characters see? something evil to stab but yeah. no they yeah. it's like they're just like human society if you want to play it that way mm-hmm. so dialogue and role playing should have just as much of an impact as pulling out your swords and cutting their heads off yeah yeah absolutely. yeah i mean realize what are all these skills for if you're not going to use them right
0: yeah no for sure so. yeah and so we're, we're halfway through this Sunless citadel and um and then i plan on rolling that into um i picked up the, the storm king's uh What's it called? Oh, I can't see from here, but it's like the the new uh, no, not new, but last year's uh, Storm King's Thunder, um, uh, set of a, a adventure book. So like they've been doing all these these adventures that take you know take you from like level one all the way up to you know and this one fifteen takes it to, usually yeah this one I think is to level eleven, but whatever it's not quite as high. So it's kind of neat that they're giving you these campaigns in a book that you can take and do with what as you will. Um, which is interesting. Um, I'm playing in another group that are, I'm going through the one that you were taking your family
2: through at one the time. The copy of Temple of Elemental Evil. Yeah, yeah. The, the re release of. I, I always uh, forget. Oh, I think it's like Apocalypse or something. Yeah. I forget what they call it, but. Yeah.
0: But that's another one that takes you from like level one all the way to 15. And then they also have Out of the Abyss, which takes place in the Underdark. Again, takes you from one all the way to 15. So it's, it's neat that they're releasing those. Um,. But then they don't really have anything beyond those. Like you have this whole campaign, like a book that's centered around a whole campaign, but then what happens when you finish it? How do you continue past that? Then you have to either make up stuff yourself, which maybe they're counting on people on doing, or you go online and start finding well, the, other the, adventures that take people on.
2: The hard thing is it, when you start getting into uh, creation of missions and stuff like that beyond 11 Maybe up to fifteen. I don't know. It you have to start tailoring it to what you have because yeah. if you just follow a campaign book, I mean the story's concise and it might bring you to a certain point. But then you you're really focused on that campaign and that mon- like the monsters yeah. in that campaign. Right. So if you're focused on giants, you're usually finding magic items and abilities are focused on fighting giants so for them to just keep making you do the same thing in a story progression kind of gets boring and too easy but at the same time they can't just all of a sudden start throwing high level demons at you say true so you kind of need you need a bridge almost between what happens at the end of a campaign and what starts up in the next. next and thing, they can't yeah. do that for every group.
0: That's true. And then I guess it, when you're going through a campaign like that, you're not necessarily taking into account players' backgrounds that they might come up with. And right. so if you want to expand on anyone's background, you can't really do that. And it's harder to do it in the confines of a pre-printed campaign than you might want to start thinking, okay, we finished this campaign, maybe we could start exploring somebody's backstory a bit. So maybe that's something to think about. I'll have to think about too. It's probably going to take us a while to get there, but we'll see. Like it, I don't know. We it depends how you know, how often and how long we play each time. We played for think, a long time, like, 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 like 10, 10 or eleven hours. Yep. <laughs> the well, first not, time. Well, not not whole time. Though. No, the, the you know. first few hours we're making characters. That was the important thing. Is I want to make sure everyone was together when we made our characters uh, for the campaign. Does that way you know, someone's not just arriving with a the character they made. They're discussing
2: amongst themselves. Yep you know what what people are interested in playing well you don't well, you, you don't get get that have that initial yeah. you get together with a bunch of mishmash characters and you're like why am i with you people yeah yeah you, you kind of it's like okay i'm making this and i'll it's like okay i'll i'll make this as a counterpoint or yeah. a, as a way to complement your character rather than we get three monks that show up or something you right know, like yeah it just we <laughs> yeah. but horrible. You, we're, we're horrible at teasing <laughs> uh, there
1: you go your first your this is first your first podcast D&D of D&D, segment. D&D, yes a bonus segment <laughs> yeah well I guess we just sort of You're recorded welcome. the
0: whole thing yeah we probably could, we, we definitely could talk more about it but this is a good you know it's a good intro yeah. that we're going to be talking a bit more about d d now too um there hasn't been anything in Arcadia quest since
2: while yeah, well but yeah we, we, we played, played once
0: so I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk about it this time I think what we're gonna do is try to get everyone together again and then uh, we'll play the next um, mission in the Arcadia Quest One, and then we can talk about the two that we did um, together to make it a bit, you know, a little bit more of a segment than than just talking about one little bit of
2: a spoiler alert. You and I lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's I'm a not first. Sure that's a spoiler when it happens. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think I'm, I
1: think I'm the. Am I, I, I think I might be the only one who hasn't won, won a mission won. yet. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's no, not that you great.
0: haven't gotten anything good either. Uh, like you have you have one of those sets of armor that's really good.
2: I won a mission. Mm-hmm. Like, I won the overall yes. mission. Yeah. But yeah. I, I have yet to actually get a good reward from anything. Wow. True. I haven't gotten special armor or special swords. Yeah. Sure. yeah um, we discovered we're doing pets.
3: We're talking about Arcadia Quest. Okay.
4: Okay,
0: we're stopping. Yes. We're <laughs> we'll talk about next time, we'll talk about Arcadia Quest. <laughs> Just cut that out. <laughs> cut it out totally. Okay. But, um, okay, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Where can uh, you find us? Where can you find us? Well, you can find us at our website, www.boardnowgaming.com. You can find us on Facebook um, at uh, slash BoardNowGaming. And we're also on Twitter, which is at BoardNowGaming. Um, on iTunes and Google Play, you can find the podcast to subscribe to it. Um, you can download our podcast from the website. Uh, or also from the, the links on our, board, our guild, which is on the, the Board Game Geek website. Uh, also on the guild, if you, uh, if you want to discuss any of the episodes with us uh, and send us your thoughts, that'd be, that's totally available. Um, or you can also send us an email through the website. Uh, there's a link for, uh, for sending us a message, which we'll get and uh, get back to you or talk about it on the show. But, uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening and keep on gaming.
3: Board now.
4: Tutti eroi, tutti fanno la guerra. Tutti che volano l'unico stronzo a terra. Mi sento solo e cammino su un campo minato. Vedo che Superman qui non è passato. Tutte favole e promesse dimenticate. L'uomo nero è Babbo Natale. Tutto l'anno è carnevale finché dura. E l'uomo vero, l'uomo quello che lavora. Datemi i soldi, ridatemi i soldi Dateci soldi, ridataci li i soldi Siete sordi? No, sordi e morto Almeno con lui mi facevo due risate The time is past, the damage is done A rap io vado forte, so quarto dan Tutti nudi con la spada del fuoco La ghia di sangue mi tocca scappare a nuoto Il lavoro che spetta a me E la casa che spetta a me Aspetta a me La galera che spetta a chi? La galera per quelli lì, quelli lì Là, chi va là, chi si muove Non vedi sono morti sotto l'inceneritore Per le feste cosa fai da mangiare Non ho soldi chiedilo a Babbo Natale Tutte favole e promesse dimenticate L'uomo nero è Babbo Natale sotto l'anno è carnevale finché dura L'uomo vero, l'uomo è quello che lavora Tutte favole e promesse dimenticate L'uomo nero è Babbo Natale sotto l'anno è carnevale finché dura L'uomo vero, l'uomo è quello che lavora E me Più. Ecco, canta che ti passa Ma se non spegni la tv Beh, c'è il It's Christmas time, I should be happy eh, Che ha detto? Qui io non ho i soldi ah, Per giocare a tombola Stiamo bene Oh, uh, sono Oliver eh, Sì, Oliver J spassi? Senti, spassi. Spassi. Uh, se passate da queste parti no. eh, Portate qualcosa perché Qui mi si sono mangiati tutto stanno picciati beh insomma ma mai, mai capito no? Eh, bustate quei piedi ma non Ciao, mi piace. ciao, ciao tutte favole promesse dimenticate l'uomo nero è babbo natale tutto l'anno è carnevale finché dura è l'uomo vero l'uomo è quello che lavora tutte favole e promesse dimenticate l'uomo nero è babbo natale tutto l'anno è carnevale finché dura è l'uomo vero l'uomo è quello che lavora Quanto nevica eh? Bello eh? La neve non posso neanche uscire. E la macchina neanche parte. E che sarà mai? E che sarà, e che cazzo? E- oh. Tutte favole, promesse dimenticate, l'uomo nero è Babbo Natale, tutto l'anno è carnevale finché dura. L'uomo vero l'uomo quello che lavora. Favole promesse dimenticate. L'uomo nero è Babbo Natale. Tutto l'anno carnevale finché dura. L'uomo vero, l'uomo quello che lavora.